Radio Shack. Okay. What? The 80s called. Welcome to the Coco Nation, the world's first live and interactive talk show featuring the Tandy Color Computer and its hardware cousins. Everybody, welcome to the Coco Nation Show, episode three sixteen, with special guest Ron Bull. Yeah. How you doing? Hanging in there. <laughs> and I'm Ron right. Noble. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a bunch of bull to me. I, I I don't know, Ron. I've heard you talk. I'm not so sure. Okay. About that. <laughs> All right. All right. Fine. The pride of Pendot. <laughs> pride of Pendot. Right? Yeah. 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 I did All work right. there for a while. <laughs> okay, let's go here. through panel introductions. Let's see who we got with us today. Upper left hand corner, we have Rick Uland. I'm sorry. And yours truly. Next over, we got Ron Delvo. How did you guess? Ron number one. <laughs> Next up, L. Curtis Boyle. Welcome to the show, everyone. Okay. And the character turn at a line feed. Uh, our special guest, Ron Bull, which we'll get back to in a sec. All right. And Grant Leedy. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Good. And Marco, the master of the chat. Good to be here. And next up, David Ladd. Hello, everybody. Please sit tight. We're going to have a nice long show today. Enjoy. Make sure you got your five point on today. Let's see. Next up, we got Kevin Holloway. Hello. Hello, everybody. Okay. And Sloopy Malibu. And next up, Jason, CocoMan.biz. Howdy, howdy. I've got my Diet Dr. Pepper. I'm ready to go. And the winner of today's award for being closest to David Ladd in proximity is Kevin Holloway. Your shirt's too red. <laughs> too red? It can't be too red. There's no Yes, look it. above you. It should be oranger. It should be oranger. Ooh. <laughs> All right, next up, we got Terry Stiggy. We, we haven't seen him in a long time. Hey, guys, welcome to the Coco Nation. And we're well, still we still haven't seen him. We still haven't. I've never looked better, have I? You look really <laughs> chipper. <laughs> oh, there's no glare off your beard. <laughs> and I will, I will let everybody know, if you ever go see Terry uh, in person in Cheyenne, Wyoming, he will take you out to a very, very good steak restaurant. What? <laughs> Shit! Now I got a. Oh, oh. <laughs> What's his it's address? It's alive and interactive. Language, guys. Language. <laughs> <laughs> and moving on. 
Well, last but not least, we got Nick Marentes. I'm always last. <laughs> Hello, everyone. I don't know. Also, you're our co-interviewer today, too, might add. Ooh. I mean, you're already into tomorrow. Yeah. Well, yeah, he definitely be... won't be as boring as, uh, as uh, you know, Curtis. So no, this might be pretty hard. This might if be you're into for... tomorrow, you should already be well, done with the show, Nick. Yeah, I have. I've already seen the show. It's a it's a tragedy. <laughs> we, well, fix we, it. Fix it for us. We just can't get him to send us the uh, Powerball numbers. <laughs> it's because he's taking them from himself. That's why he's so rich and got so many Corvettes in the garage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Under the bed. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, our special guest today is Ron Bull, who is uh, the main organizer for PenFest, which we'll kind of go into. And uh, just to give you kind of an introduction of what PenFest was like, uh, Nick has actually got a bit of a video clip of an auction that Ron was heading up. And you guys may be familiar with Tony Pedraza doing this in, in the Chicago ones, but here's Ron. I think back then. Yeah. Yeah. This model. Oh, what did he say? <laughs> he said sixty. That's what I said. Did you say sixty's your cutoff? Or you no, know, I didn't say. I said I have a cutoff. You have a cutoff. That's probably good, Nick. <laughs> so those of you who've been to uh, Cocoa Fest in Chicago, you're probably familiar with Alan Huffman in the role of bidding everything up because he still does that to this day. <laughs> <laughs> what was he holding in his hand? Nick, you can identify uh, that, I think. A Raskin video. Oh, was it? Yeah. Yeah. And you signed the manual for him, uh, the winner of that auction, if I remember yeah, correctly. Who, who won it? Uh, yeah, I, I signed the booklet. Man, a dollar twenty. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, welcome to the show, Ron. Yeah. And hopefully Paul's able to watch and yet. maybe participate in the chat. So <laughs> So we're gonna go through a little bit of your your history here with computers and the cocoa in general. And um we're probably gonna concentrate a bit more on the Penfest stuff because I think that's probably what you're the most famous for in the cocoa community, because you organize some of the, the best shows we had since Rainbow Fest in the heyday. Um, but just to get started here, what was the first computer you ever used, whether it was Tandy or not? It was Tandy. It was the Coco One. It was the very first one, and I got it in 1980. I think it was 81. And uh, in 82, I got a, uh, a Coco Two. And then I don't remember when, but later I got the Coco Three. And uh, I got all the things that you attached to it, you know, the ROM pack. Um, I had uh, floppy drives. I had hard drives. And then I got it repacked. And uh, so it, it, I added a lot of stuff to it that made it more usable for me under OS 9, you know, because my goal was uh, to jump into OS 9. And uh, that's what I had the most fun with. 
you know, I'm, I, I feel very honored by what you were saying about the, the uh, Cocoa Fest, but uh, I think, you know, a lot needs to be accredited to Nick. Uh, he did a lot of the artwork, okay? And, um, I, you know, I just grunted through it, and luckily, I mean, by the time the PenFest 2000 came around, I had experience running the other three that I, that I already ran. And uh, so, you know, to me, it was kind of mechanical in a way. Uh, but that show would not have been what it turned out to be without Nick. Nick yeah. Uh, uh, Mark, Mark if you can highlight Nick on the, on the thing too here, because we're going to co-interview Ron. So. Yeah. Yeah. Now, before we get into the PenFest stuff, because that started in 1997, uh, I want to get through a little bit of your early history because I remember we used to talk on um, you know, on your you had a BBS I think before that yes the and Bulls then you had your web page of Bulls Barn mm -hmm. yeah actually, do you remember when you roughly started the BBS uh, I started that let me see I was um, yeah I was in Utah when I started it uh, I was in the Air Force and. Uh, uh, I started up a, a, a club. They never had a club out there. So I started up a club and uh, to help keep in touch. And I, I, I went and started up a bulletin board system. Okay. And that I ran the whole time from back at then to, you know, I don't know, at least to the PenFest 2000. I had that going. And uh, <clears throat> the... The um, Bulls Barn largely was run on my Cocoa 2. See, I wouldn't give it up. <laughs> I okay, I didn't realize 3. that. I always thought it was on a Cocoa 3. I had so. a Cocoa 3, but I wouldn't give up the Cocoa 2 either. <laughs> so okay. uh, and that, that ran uh, the bullet board system for me. So. Yeah, and then later on, you, you did the website, which I think you started in the mid to late 90s, I think. Yeah. Well, and I think Scott Creepentrog hosted it for you because he hosted mine at the same time, too. <laughs> yeah. Well... While I was in the Air Force, I also uh, did a publication, you know, the uh, sort of like a, a, a magazine that we sent around and uh, uh, gave out to people, you know, and, and it was largely paid for by advertising. And uh, uh, but it, it would have programs in it and stuff and, and uh, people helping each other is what re really got it going. And then after I had my four years in Utah, I went down to New Mexico, Cannon Air Force Base, and when I got there, again, no club. There wasn't any club. So I started up a club again. I'm <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, glutton for punishment, I guess. And I started producing uh, the, what I called the Tandy. I think it was Tandy Wrapper or something. I don't know what we called it. But uh, it was it was like a magazine, that, again, that I, I sent around. And... Uh, then when I, I got out of there, I was there for two years, and then I came up to uh, Pennsylvania, okay? And when I came back to Pennsylvania, I stopped the clubbing. <laughs> and uh, because when I went to the fest, I was going to the fest, and somebody at the fest, one of the, I think it was one in Chicago, said that they're not going to be doing it anymore down in Atlanta because yeah. things got a little... Uh, uncomfortable down there. Okay. So, uh, uh, they said, well, uh, you know, we ought to have one up, uh, one other one up North here somewhere. And 
And uh, I said, oh, I'll do it. <laughs> and uh, so I, I started up, uh, uh, you know, my first Cocoa Fest then. And uh, like I said, it was a matter of getting a hotel and, and uh, getting the word out. I used the bulletin board system. And, and uh, I know I, I agree with you. I can remember it was on the web somehow. And, um, but I just don't remember what the URL was. Okay. And, uh, it, it was through there that I started putting out the advertising for the, uh, Cocoa Fest. Okay. So sooner or later, we decided we were going to have in Pittsburgh because I couldn't get it in Harrisburg area. And, uh, then after I did the first one in Pittsburgh, then we decided, okay, you can't sidestep the 20th birthday. Okay. Yeah. That's too important. So, uh, um, I got to talking and, and, uh, about doing the PenFest 2000. And next thing you know, Nick got a hold of me and, and we chit chatted about it. And, and he assisted me and we got a hold of everybody we could get a hold of to try and put on that show. Okay. Yeah. You um, had a good guest list on that one. Yeah. Uh, br- brother, brother Jeremy, Alan Huffman and, uh, Nick and, and, uh, yourself. And, and, and others also helped to get those people to come, you know? Yeah. And once we got one to commit and it became a little easier to get the others to commit, you know, which is what we were excited about the most. You know? Yeah. We had, but, but to go back to the earlier history, like the 97 one, when you started that one, like, I think you said in the pre-show that the first two were at a different location than the, or even a different city than the last two. Is that correct? Yeah, the the first two were um, it was was one was in Harrisburg, right outside of Harrisburg, okay, at a hotel, and uh, then um, well, the other one was on the southern part of Harrisburg, um, right near the airport, and uh, then 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 it switched because I couldn't get um, e- either one of those two hotels to commit. They said they got booked. There's Bull's Barn. <laughs> yep, I pulled it off the Internet Archive. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and uh, I'm glad you did. Uh, um, but uh, yeah, then I then I decided. Well, okay, uh, I talked to Paul Zavala, and uh, he said he'll look around out there, and then he found one out there uh, in Pittsburgh. That's where he lives. He lives just north of Pittsburgh. He lives in Beaver, Pennsylvania. And uh, so he helped me get that hotel, and that's how we got the third show. And then uh, to do the uh, the birthday bash, well, that's the one that we had to, uh, uh, you know, get that hotel that we were at and uh, get it set up for the big show. I needed a lot of rooms at that point, and uh, that was the key ingredient. So as long as yeah. I can get enough people who to get rooms, I was good. <laughs> <laughs> one, one nice thing about the way you did the PenFest one, like looking at your website here, is that you had projected attendees. You had a list of the people that were coming, which I think, I don't think Cocoa Fest was doing that back then. They kind of do it now. Um, yeah. Projected vendors, you had just, you know stuff advertising the Cocoa Chat, which is an RC chat. And of course, you remember the Cocoa Web Ring, as was mine, where if you were interested in Cocoa stuff, you just kept clicking through the sites and check them all out. Yeah, and I wanted people to know who was coming. 
you know, because believe it or not, uh, a lot of a lot of the guys there are, are more famous than me, you know. And uh, well, not anymore. They're they're, they're well known. And and so I wanted people to know who was coming, you know, both both as vendors and as attendees. So that way everybody can uh, see who's going to be there. And that might incite them to also come. And I think in the back of my head, I was thinking that might have played an important part for some of the real celebrities to show up, you know. Yeah, I think it did. That's what, oh, wow, got some pictures from back then. Yeah, these are from Alan Huffman's site. I, I think most of the pictures, I, I'll let uh, Jason and, and Nick do the pictures for the 1999-2000 ones since they were actually there. But Alan yeah. Huffman actually went to all four of them. So yeah. I thought I'd show us some of the pictures that he took. Um, so you're talking about, you know, celebrities like you can see like over here. There's Steve Bjork. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I remember him. There's you. <laughs> yeah. Don't I look younger then? <laughs> <laughs> I think we all did back then. In here too. <laughs> There's uh, Scott Grapentrago who hosted yeah. both of our websites at the time. Yeah. I think him and Alan Huffman had a race in cars, didn't they? <laughs> Could be. Uh, this is uh, Alan DeCock here, one of the principals with Nitrous 9 along with myself and Bill Noble. And I think that's Ken Scales. Is that his name? It's Ken something. Yeah. Two, two Canadians. <laughs> uh, here's Alan and brother Jeremy, of course. Yeah. Uh, Sock master, of course, John oh, Kowalski. Yeah. Yeah. Genius level programmer. <laughs> Carl Sefcik, who actually still attends Cocoa Fest to this day. I just saw him in April at the Cocoa Fest in Chicago. So wow. he's, he's a bit grayer now, as are most oh, of us. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, I'm trying to find where's one with Jim Davis because he was kind of a principal to this too. Oh, here's um, uh, what's his name? Is it Alan Dages, the guy that ran the one of the guys that helped with the Cocoa Fest in Atlanta here in the front? He's yeah. since passed away. And I'm trying to remember who that was. Was that Mike Guzzi? <laughs> I don't know. Can't quite see it. Dirt cheap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dirt cheap computer stuff company. <laughs> now you got some speakers. I'm not going to show like every picture here because we got a lot of stuff to go yeah. through. But uh, of course, Sock's famous for his bouncing ball demo. Mm -hmm. Amongst many other things. Gatherings for supper and stuff, which still go on to this day. And I don't know if this if Steve was going to sing with Brother Jeremy. I don't know if that ever happened or not. But. <laughs> I don't know if he did, but <laughs> I remember him doing the uh, "Timey Kangaroo Down Boy." <laughs> that was Penfest 2000. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And actually, the jam sessions still happen now. Like Rick and I both played at the one here the last time too. So, yeah. There's John Strong, yep. Carl Ball, who's also since passed away. Uh, what's his name? He's still around. He still uh, comes to the fest. He still attends the Glenside meetings, too. Uh, why am I pulling a blank in his name? It happened. Because you're old. Yeah, probably. But Car Carl, I, him and I got to, to be pretty good friends at the Coca Fest in Chicago because I was helping them, uh, Glenside, with the uh, drivers for their ID card. And Carl's my main contact. Is that uh, Brian Gozer? Yeah. 
That might be it. That sounds definitely familiar. So that's uh, PenFest 97. So let's jump ahead to the next year here, 98. And I, somebody brought a snake. Am, am I correct here? Wow. I know my son bought a bunch of them. <laughs> corn snakes. Is that a python? Because we, we use Python today. <laughs> You're talking the programming language, though, aren't you? Oh. <laughs> yeah, I guess that is a little different. <laughs> Just slightly. The, the, the I've never seen a snake at Cocoa Fest before, so that was a new one on me. Well, they had the cat for a while. His brother Jeremy's even got some of the earlier Cocoa 3 proto with prototype gimmies and stuff in there before the commercial ones happened. Not here. So who's that holding the snake, Ron? I don't know. Sure as heck wouldn't be me. <laughs> no, thank wouldn't be me either. <laughs> Just a random enthusiast. It had to be snakes. <laughs> All right. I think this was Boise's here, the Lookman No Disco S9 and ROM. So actually just booted right off the ROM built in. Yeah. That was uh, when Jim yeah, Jim Davis uh took my Pac-Man to the fest. Yeah, because this one you didn't attend. This is the last one before you actually no, came up. Did no. you make the last two? Yeah. Now, Nick, did you have some pictures from 99, or should I just go through the ones I have here from Alan? You go, go through yours. I don't have any 99. Well, I haven't okay. got them set up, yeah. And then when we get to 2000, I'll, I'll let uh, Ron kind of be the narrator um, <laughs> along with Nick, but I'll have Jason and Nick. Uh, you guys can kind of show a few pictures each there to go through. And I think we'll spend more time in that one. Cause that was, that was a big one. You guys had a huge guest list. You had cakes. I gained a few pounds just attending the damn thing. Okay. <laughs> hey, Nick, when you came, was it a lot less than now? I mean, money wise to come here. Uh, I seem to recall it was around $1,600. Uh, and, and, and it is cheaper. It was cheaper rather then than what it is now yeah yeah so just asking the two of you here like um how much organization of the 99 fest did nick have and also how did the two of you guys meet up to 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 do the 99 show versus the 2000 which obviously you guys collaborate on quite a bit well i think it was uh because of the 99 that, that uh nick i you know i asked him or he asked me whatever we put it together okay and uh like i said he went way beyond and he got the uh he got the graphics done i got the the cakes from a bakery near near uh beaver or in the town of beaver and, and i brought the cakes down but uh uh nick did an awful lot of work on that uh 2000 fest you know and it it wouldn't have been as smooth uh, or as um, professional looking uh, without his help. I think, that's all uh, going to go right to Nick's head, you realize. Well, so. that's all right. He deserves <laughs> it. <laughs> he deserves it. I like to pat oh, people on the back for what they do because, you know, a lot of times people don't want to take credit for what they do, but it, it's well earned. Okay? Yeah, Nick has, does not have that problem at all. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think room down there, right? <laughs> well, for me, it was it was quite exciting to actually even go to a uh, Cocoa Fest in '99 
and uh-huh. see a lot of the people that uh, you know coming from Australia. You just read up about you read about all these people, so they're like all your heroes. So mm-hmm. in '99 when I went, it was you know, I was so excited and I got involved a bit there with some of the banners and stuff. But as soon as I got back to Australia. And um, Ron said that uh, he'd like to do another one, you know, a birthday bash one. That's it. I signed up straight away. So <laughs> I said, "Tell you what, <laughs> if I come again, I will, I will help out more." So 2000 became the big one. Yeah. Yeah. Now this here picture that we're showing now is a picture of Nick holding up a boomerang he bought in '99, and I think you brought some more in 2000. You used them as prizes yeah, stuff, and I yeah. think Ron, you still have one of those, don't you? Yes, I do. I have it right here. See? Can't tell if that's the same. No, it looks like it. You can you can see that went around the world, didn't you? <laughs> 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 they say they're supposed to be able to come back to you, but I don't throw this one away. <laughs> no, that one. <laughs> That's a tourist one. <laughs> if I threw it back, it'd beat me in the head on the way back and knock me out, oh, I'm sure. So, yeah. Ari suffered one heart attack. I don't need to know. Here's Nick explaining what Australia is because yeah. some people don't believe it's real. Oh, it's real. It's real. <laughs> <laughs> Australia isn't real. Uh, you know, uh, Nick Morentes is really just an actor in, based in Utah. <laughs> no aliens come from utah <laughs> and this is a cool one too because uh this is nick and, and Sockmaster, and this is just when gate crash went into sale in fact i think this is the first show it went on sale if i remember correctly yeah. uh, but sock created of course the gloom 3d demo before that a few years before and then nick you know got a hold of the engine from sock and then created you know a game out of it which is what sock wanted somebody to do all along and you can even see pictures of uh, Co- Coconuts, uh, Nick's interview book in the background there as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think at the, at the time I had Gatecrasher and the Coconuts book. But was that PenFest uh, 2000 or 99? This is 99. Showing? This is 99. 99, yeah. Mm-hmm. You can tell you had a slightly less bit of gray there. Yeah. yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> 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 Here's uh, Alan and Nick. Did you have to bid against Nick, Alan on anything? No, I probably no, gave him a, a can of jolt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Alan was bringing the jolt. He actually brought him to Cocoa Fest in Chicago because some, somebody, like, they stopped making jolt a decade and a half ago, but somebody started making it against so you. Actually, brought some a couple years back, and now they're not made again anymore. <laughs> yeah, hmm. I much preferred them to those stupid monster drinks. Originally, a product of Rochester, New York, I believe. Could be. I don't remember. The, the newer one was somewhere else, though. Uh, I can't yeah. remember who did that one. Yep. But I used to buy those all the time up here, and they can't get them up here anymore either. There's Jim Davis from the back trying to find a good picture of him from the front. Now, who is this with Alan? Um, Green. 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 Uh, Larry Green? First. Larry Green. That's it. He's, he had the uh, Fujitsu, Fujitsu FM7. Oh, well right, yeah. Yeah, Nick, if you look on that back wall, it says Fest 99 on it. Yeah, yeah right there. <laughs> yeah, I made that banner, but uh, in 2000, <laughs> I thought I'd I'd, I'd, I'd uh, make a bigger one. I yep, made that really sure big did. one, yeah. Yeah, John Strong in the background there, too. 
Yeah. Yeah. Now, where's a good picture of Jim Davis here? Oh, is that him in the back? Yeah, there's Jim Davis there. Yeah, and that's somebody Jim I'd Davis. like to get a hold of again because he was very like he got all the the stock from like Glenn Dahlgren from Sundog and stuff, so he kept a lot of the software available for sale for years at at this fest and at the Coco Fest and stuff, and then he kind of disappeared. And I don't know what's really happened to him. I think did he drive you to one of the fest too, uh, Nick? It, yeah. Well, when I when I flew to America, I stayed with Jim, and then and he was in uh, oh, what was the state. Oh, whatever that state was. Just guess there's 50 <laughs> of them. You might, you might get it right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll get one of them eventually. Um, <laughs> like anyway, Iowa or something. Drove, uh, Missouri. Yeah, same difference. Uh, yes. <laughs> so then, then we, we drove then from Missouri to Penfest and, and back again. Now, did he, did he host you both years or just the one year? Yes, yeah, both years. Is that so a I would go there. I'd go there a week before the fest and then during that that week, I would then run around to the uh, – well, I don't know about PenFest 88, but when it was PenFest 2000, I spent the week beforehand running to the hardware stores and, and buying material to to put uh, things together for the fest, you know, because it was easier to make it once I got to the U.S. rather than try to trade yeah. it all the way from um, um, Australia. Mm. And if you got a bad deal, you could just whack him in the head with a boomerang. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to remember who some of these other people are. I, I wish I could remember some of their names. Like this guy had a TC9, I remember. He's one of our customers when Bill and I were doing the drivers for Frank Hogg, but I, I can't remember his name. Lots of stuff for sale. And did you have an auction every year too, uh, Ron? Yeah. And did you um, did you that uh, basically cover the cost of the show? Or did you make that much money on the auctions as far as that goes? You remember? I really? <laughs> uh, no, I don't think any of the shows were profitable for me. Because <laughs> uh, I know Glenside basically sustains the fest every year because the auction combined with you know. Receipts of you know people getting in and getting tables and stuff. I actually they haven't charged for attendees in the last few years, but they do charge for the tables. Basically, has covered the cost of the show. So I was wondering if you had the same experience, but it sounds like no, not quite. Well, I, I largely did it to raise money, you know, to help uh, Nick, you know, be able to get to the fest. Okay, and <laughs> to send uh, me away again. Huh? Yeah, yeah. So our joke was was we we're paying to send him back to Australia so we didn't get stuck with him. No, that was good. Uh, no, I, I, I felt I felt it was a nice thing to do, and that's what I did. You know, it's uh, uh, I really really appreciated his help, and and don't get me wrong, I, I didn't I didn't lose the mortgage on the house or anything you know what i mean uh, on any of those shows but you know you gotta when you when you're hosting those shows like that you gotta also look at it as being entertainment okay i mean yep. there i'm good for a couple of days good really good entertainment you know and i was also kind of you know being stealthy and trying to see what all's out there that maybe I might be interested in, you know? <laughs> so I'd go from vendor to vendor as much as I could in those shows. And uh, so 
I mean, it was two sided. It was not one sided, you know, yeah. for me. You know, I wasn't uh, trying to turn a profit, you know, but uh, it was to have fun. Yeah. One thing I did like about about your fest, and I didn't see this as often in Chicago, and maybe somebody's more familiar with the running of the Chicago show would, would correct me if I'm wrong here, but you guys actually had multiple uh, newspaper write-ups on the show happening in your local yeah. newspapers. I remember seeing one for the 2000 one. This obviously is an earlier one. Yeah. You know, actually doing a full page, you know, with with pictures and the whole bit, talking about a Cocoa Fest. How, how did you manage to arrange that? Well, a few phone calls. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> I was expecting more drama. <laughs> <laughs> it was, uh, it, it was in, like I said, uh, I, I think I had, if, I'm, if I may say, I think I had just as much fun at those shows as you guys did, you know, to be able to meet everybody. I mean, how often are you going to meet some of these people? And most of them that show up there, they're all geniuses. You know what I mean? I, I'm, I'm just putting on a show. I'm a common computer user. I, I don't program. Well, I, I shouldn't say I did program a little. And, uh, but I, I, don't, I, I, I don't get into uh, understanding all that stuff. You know, it's a way, way above my level. <laughs> you know? So I don't mind putting on a show. And if it helps, and it did, <laughs> yeah, I thought that's the thing. Like some some of the you know, people that are the genius programmers aren't the greatest at working with groups of people or or in public or something like that. It's like some of them are more introverts and stuff. So you need people like you that are outgoing and can go call a newspaper and say, "You want to write up an article on us here to help advertise." <laughs> I kind of I kind of do push it myself a little bit around, <laughs> you know. But hey, it's the only way to get things done, you know. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Nick's Nick's fairly unique because he's he's a, a great programmer, knows the the hardware and the software quite well, very well, and he also is pretty good at you know promotion and stuff too. Like he's probably you know the person that advertises the most out of all the Cocoa software uh, vendors that still sell software these days and still create new software because there's multiple people still doing that. But he's really good at uh, you know promoting it through blogs, through his website, demoing the games and 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 packaging them and everything else. Like he's he's set all bar standard here so i think you picked a good person to collaborate with on the 2000 mm -hmm. fest. getting kevin darling to to come to the show and and uh you know get him yeah i think yeah. uh him and jeremy Tom, spiller yeah. mark hawkins yeah, yeah got, a few. got them to uh you know kind of give up uh uh the remnants of uh os9 well we won't call it level three okay but we'll, yeah we'll, level two version three is what it was yeah, officially called know. and uh um, so brother Jeremy did get a hold of that, you know, and uh, so that goal was obtained, and uh, then it was a matter of okay, spread the wealth and let's let's get some of this uh, uh, OS nine stuff really kicking into gear, you know, and that's what happened. Yeah, now that's one thing Nick was wrong on, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that guy you had up there, you know, he did, didn't you? Yeah, he, he had that uh, whole heart. He brought it to Chicago too. This uh, I can't remember what it was for. It was telephony of some sort, wasn't it? Right. It was for telephones. Yeah, because he had all this custom stuff he made, and the Coco drove the whole darn thing. Yeah, it's amazing what you find out people are using the computer for. You yeah, know? it's amazing. 
Rick, you're a hardware guy. Do you remember what the details were in this? Because I think you were at some of the Cocoa Fest Chicago when he brought this out a few times. Yeah, it's a. I don't remember the details. It's a crossbar switch with a Cocoa running it instead of a big AT&T cabinet. So nice work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yowza. So like a central office uh, simulator? PBX. Right, right. It's a PBX. Yeah. There's Nick with Scott and John. Now, I think, Jason, you were at this one. I'm going to see if I can find a picture of you somewhere. Here's Mark Marlette in Boise, who still attends shows to this day as well. thought I did see one here. I... There's there's uh, Sock Jr. Who'd <laughs> <laughs> be in his call... 20s now, which is just insane. <laughs> right? He doesn't have any socks on there. What's the deal? <laughs> Oh, it's it's called sock master, not sock wearer. Oh, that's so, true. I guess. Uh, right, right. <laughs> There's uh Kelly is his last name. What's his first name? Rick Rick Kelly? Rich Kelly? Guy from Texas, but he he's since passed yeah. away, unfortunately. His mustache is a lot bigger now. Oh, it was, yeah. He because I used to see him at Cocoa Fest all the time, and then he he got he was pretty sick the last few years he came out and then unfortunately yeah. he passed away. There's Alan Huffman's book reviewing all the Cocoa Fests. Yep. Now, this, this is a famous picture. This one, I think, was on your website at oh, one point. I didn't that thing. <laughs> 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 okay, now we got blackmail, huh? <laughs> yeah, publish it quickly, everywhere. Yeah, we're going to need that unmarked bills. I have you know, though, I know that's an old picture because I quit smoking three and a half years ago. Yeah, because of my heart attack, I I quit. <laughs> this is a freaking. Uh, where the heck is Jason? I thought for sure we had a picture from him. I know somewhere. he's on the uh, Penfest two thousand ones. Oh, oh darn! You don't have a picture of me from nineteen ninety nine. Darn. <laughs> I did your Did your brother Ken ever go to these uh, Penfests, Jason? No. So I was trying to see if no. I can find him too. No, he. So was, he's been he antisocial was... for years, is what you're telling me. Well, he he uh, he's 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 lived two hundred miles away for quite some time. Well, that's such an excuse here. Yeah. <laughs> well, see, at least, when I go to, at least when I go to Cocoa Fest, it's he's on the way. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, if you if 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 you if that's his excuse, though, I mean, just talk to me or Nick. <laughs> right. <laughs> Anyway, that covers those. So I'm going to stop sharing. And then Nick or Jason, if you guys have some photos that you want to share from the 2001, and we'll get into a bit more detail with Ron on that because uh, Ron and Nick can talk about the background of that. Like, how did you guys start getting ideas for like really pushing that show to the max compared to the 99 one? I mean, it's obviously the 20th birthday, but how did you kind of come up with all the ideas of like having birthday cakes and, you know, all the, how did you get a hold of all the, the special guests you had, which was quite a few? Yeah, once once well, we decided on the theme of it being uh, uh, the twentieth birthday, okay, then we went from birthday to birthday bash, birthday party, yeah. and you got to have cake at a birthday party. So yeah, I got cake. <laughs> yeah, I remember it was it was Ron's idea to he well he came up with the name the birthday bash. I thought yeah, well that'll be that's that sounds cool. So uh, we ran with the whole birthday thing, and. Uh, I wanted this to be, and along with Ron, we wanted this to be a fest, a big party, not just a big computer 
club gathering. It had to be a party. So um, Ron then, you know, suggested uh, we get cakes and and, and all that, and, and then the balloons uh, come in and, and uh, yeah. Streamers on the ceiling. Be, and That's right, yeah. Uh, I'm looking for the cake. It, I got the cake. The I've cake? got uh, – actually, I, do you want me to play a part of the video where um, we cut the cake? Sure. Because um, that's hosted oh, yeah. by um, by um, Alan Huffman, who um, I don't know who arranged him. I'd, I'd never met Alan before, and um, no one arranges Alan. <laughs> no, no. Well, I, I remember on the on the day, we, you know, I didn't have a a, a main speaker, and uh, Alan just pops up and he starts talking, and he's very good. Yeah, yep. so he he was he was brilliant. So great. So anyway, I'll I'll just see if I can. I didn't cue this up. I I, I wasn't expecting to. Uh, give me two. In seconds. the meantime, I'll just show like here's here's the program guide from Penfest two thousand. Yeah. And then the schedule in the back for speakers and seminars, etc. And then you got yep. little uh, write ups on each of the people that are doing seminars with their photos. Probably yep. a little bit hard to see there, but. Yeah, well, I think I, I modeled that. I noticed uh, that the uh, the Rainbow Fest always had a nice booklet uh, as a, yeah. as a guide. So I said, look, I want to have a good booklet for this fest as well. So hence, uh, I made up a, a nice little booklet there. You still hadn't done your uh, share there? Yep, I found it. I'll just yep. turn on the share, and uh, we'll just play a bit of that cutting of the cake. Is that coming through there now? Um, according to legend, or at least according, at least according to the uh, calendar that was published in Rainbow Magazine during one of their anniversaries, it listed historic dates in the color computer uh, timeline. Well, according to that calendar, if memory serves, August twentieth tomorrow was supposedly the release or first sale or launch or something with the original color computer. So we are uh, at the twentieth anniversary of this computer that started so long ago. Um, and we've got some special guests with us. We have uh, got these two cakes here in tribute to the last incarnation of the color computer, the color computer three cake and the CM8 monitor cake. And I would just have loved to have seen the looks on the people that had to design these, probably haven't seen any computer like this. So it's a special event. There's not a lot of uh, people here selling brand new color computer items. There's not not new hardware and things like that, but we're having a lot of fun. We've got some special guests with us today. We've got Kevin Darling, legendary OS9 great, responsible for a lot of the uh, interest many of us like myself had towards OS9 back during the early 90s and, and all that. Um, Mark Hawkins, one of the legendary faces etched into the ROMs and into many of our memories inside the Color Computer 3, responsible for helping... Anyway, I don't know if you want to play the whole video, but uh, I'll get I'll get more direct to the um, cutting of the cake. Yeah, and just to mention here, if you want to pause it there before you start playing again, uh, yep. on the far left is Mark Hawkins, one of the, the three amigos on the uh, the ROM, if you had Control-Alt-Reset on uh, Coco 3. Kevin Darling's in the middle, and uh, Jeremy Spiller, the author of Crystal City and Xenix, is on the far right. That's right, yeah. So they're the three guests uh, uh, I managed to pull in. Sucker. <laughs> <laughs> and does that CM8 cake have a door? That's my next question. 
Sorry? Did the CM8 cake have a door on the CM8? <laughs> I can't remember. Maybe we get a close up and have a look. Hey, I have uh, pictures. You guys get the first piece. Ready? <laughs> Three, two, one, cut. Oh, right down the monitor. That's going to be the mark. <laughs> <laughs> we never did like this so they were pretty good cakes. That was very yeah, one good. was vanilla and one was chocolate or something too, wasn't it? If I remember, yeah, something like that. Was vanilla and half was chocolate. Yeah, and, and and in the backdrop you can see all the the big Penfest 2000 banner, um, and uh, there's a table there, and I tried to get every model of the Coco uh, from Coco One to Coco Three on the bench, all running with their uh, um, advertising pages from the rainbow. And uh, I just I just wanted it to be bigger than what I had in PenFest 99. It was definitely it, and yeah, uh, it was It was better than any of the Coco Fests I was going to at the time. I will fully yeah. say that. Yeah. Not not so, not slamming Coco Fest Chicago, but this this was you guys went all out. Right. Right. You, you know. Yeah, the one in the one in Chicago. I went to a lot of them in, in Chicago, and uh, <clears throat> that one there is more like a, a club getting together and yeah. and people coming in when they uh, want to visit a, a Coco Fest. But um, you know, it wasn't it wasn't a celebration. But then again, this one I had the honor and the privilege of it being the birthday bash. Okay, and I wanted it to come out like a real party like everybody was having fun at a party and it did and i thank nick for it too yeah i have to agree uh jason and nick do you have any like you know higher quality photos of the cakes and stuff you want to show or the banner etc yeah here i've we got go. some photos i can throw up but uh yeah you, you go first uh jason all right um let me share the right screen Yeah, that's the actual cutting of the cake there with Mark, Kevin, Alan, and Jeremy. Yes, and uh, I think that I think that was a, a maybe a, a, a mock Mike what cake knife fight there maybe. Yeah, yeah it was sort of a dueling swords or something, if I remember correctly. Yeah, and uh, oh, there's there's the cake. Yeah, there's uh, the cocoa cake. That's the cocoa. Yeah, have you got the yeah. uh, CMA? There we go. It does, it does have, have a, door. a door. Look at that. It does have a door, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's authentic anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and um, if we go back, you know, the, there was a te the television set there. And I remember, uh, I think, Nick, I had stopped by the evening before that Friday. And Nick had said that uh, or Ron or one of the one of you guys has said that, you know, oh, we were going to rent a TV and a VCR, but the, the, the hotel wanted an exorbitant amount of money for it. I'm like, well, that's right. Yeah. I'll be. I live nearby. I'll be back in the morning. I will bring a TV and a VCR. So, and he did. Was, I did, and it was a bit dusty, but I did, <laughs> <laughs> and it worked. Yeah, it was like my basement television set at the time, or something. So it was just, uh, it was a little dusty, but it worked. It was quite a display. Oh yeah, I there was some. That. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to be the 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 front banner, you know, of of the entire room. Yeah, this photo you're showing here, Jason. I think this was the trivia contest, wasn't it? Where each table was competing yes. against each other. Yeah, it is. 
I think so. Yeah. It's, yeah. It a was, lot of this yeah. is fuzzy to me. This is a long time ago, but uh, <laughs> I, I, like at 99, I, I just attended. And, uh, but at 2000, that's probably why you didn't find any pictures of me. But at, at 2000, I actually was a vendor. And I think this was my table, I think. Sure so this like would have been the very first show you yes, ever presented was, the table yeah. at, Jason. Yes, I, ninety Penfest ninety nine was the first Coco uh, event I'd ever been to, and it was kind of mind blowing. And it just happened to be it was in my backyard uh, for once. Uh, I had planned to go to Penfest ninety eight, but uh, like I said, it was pretty young at the time. I didn't uh, in nineteen ninety eight when that happened. I didn't own my own car, and it was basically called "No, you're not driving our car to Harrisburg," so it wasn't happening. <laughs> so, but but by this time, I had I had purchased my own car. And I'm like, oh, well, I don't need to drive to Harrisburg. I only need to drive like 45 minutes to go out to the Holiday Inn by the airport. I'm like, I'm good. Okay, well, problem solved. But you can see here my table. I also had some Atari stuff at the time, too. Uh, and I think even some Odyssey Odyssey 2 yeah. uh, games. And Just, just uh, before I go to the next photo, I just want to couple, cover a couple of things that happened in the chat here. Um, James Jones says uh, there's a lots of new hardware now happily. And that's true. There's a ton of new hardware being made. Uh, also, James uh, actually had very kind words for uh, Ron on Facebook when we announced that he was going to be our guest this week, where he said he really wanted, because he never, never did it properly in person, but he really wanted to thank you for putting on the pen fest, because he was at, I think, all of them. So well, that's not passing on to you. That wasn't a problem for me. I yeah, enjoyed Curtis. myself. Curtis? I hope everybody yeah. else enjoyed themselves. <laughs> yeah, I did. Go ahead, Mark. Uh, Coco Living said back a while ago that he thought the magazine in Clovis, New Mexico, was called Coco Connection, and it was a long time ago. Well, <laughs> that would have been that would have been uh, yeah could have been the Air Force era. Could have been Coco Connection, yeah. Yeah. Uh, hey, continue on, Jason. Sorry. <laughs> There's Jim Davis back turned to us there. Let's uh, see. Here we'll go. Now the the layout is that, is that Curtis? A, yeah, that's me with my mullet. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> one of the, one of the things I uh, when, when I when I was laying out the uh, the main room that I wanted to have in this fest is uh, like previous fests, they would have a separate room for the main activities, and and of course all the main vendor area was in, in its its own area. I think that's how it is now, even. But back then. I wanted to have the vendor area and the activity area in the one room so that everyone was there together. Um, you didn't have half people going uh, attending the uh, uh, the vendors and, and the other half going to the to the fun where the fun is. I wanted everyone to be in the one room. So I had I had the presentations and uh, most of the shows uh, events in the same room, and that was I thought was good. It, it was more of a party atmosphere, I think, having yeah. everyone together. We actually are doing that at Coco Fest now because, like, the jam session stuff, it's all in the main room, so people can mingle around. Now, seminars and yeah. stuff, you do need to have separate because you can't hear well, over everybody we talking. Did have, so. We did have a separate seminar room. For some of them, you, you needed a quiet area. Um, yeah. So we did, have a, we did have a seminar room as well. But for all the party things, the uh, the trivia competitions. Um, the cake cutting uh, ceremony. The, other, the, the raffles, the cake cutting. That was all in the same room as the vendors, and the the vendor tables were set up to be around that the uh, 
the main audience area. Yep. Makes it a bit more well. noisy. Yeah, yeah. It was just like like Ron said, this was meant to be a party. So yep. that's what we were trying to go for. Yeah. Yeah. Looks like you're pointing your finger at someone there in the uh, picture. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm throwing. I'm, I'm. I'm probably throwing some BS there, but anyway, they're all. They're <laughs> I, I think all, he's telling me I, I was the runner for the trivia show. I think he was telling me I was doing it all wrong, and he's pointing at me in the back. <laughs> you can't see. <laughs> I think that was the first time I met Curtis. Actually. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, you can see there in the in the picture all the chairs for the audience are in the middle uh, with the big banner in the front and all the vendors are at the sides. Yeah. So mm -hmm. it was it was like yeah, yeah a dual vendor and exhibition area in the one. You can and even who, see a, a and who's this like, fellow here? What was that wrong? the guy that had Paul Zybalo on the left there? On the, with on the back the, turned? With his back turned to us, yeah. Okay. I don't Although remember who the guy was. Him, he lost a lot of weight. Who's the fellow right next to him? Do we know? I don't remember. I don't remember He's either. the guy who made that telephone thing, whatever you were saying, yeah. going before. Yeah, I can't remember his name. I can't okay. remember his name, yeah. And then that's My apologies if he's watching. <laughs> oh, apologies to everyone that's watching, but that's something we do every week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, there's. Uh, I guess probably the opposite. Oh no, I guess it's, yeah, that'd be the that's opposite the other, direction. The opposite direction. There it is. Yeah, because I think my table was right in that lower left yeah, that's area. Right yeah, that's where I don't even remember what my table was. Well, I, I don't remember much, but I do. I remember, remember I liked that. my TC9 as carry on. That was fun. <laughs> oh boy. There's James Jones, who's also in the chat. In the tie dye. Yep. Okay. Oh, there's Curtis. I can I, I see the I can recognize the mullet. Yep. That's, that makes, <laughs> that's what stands out in my pictures from this era for both fests. <laughs> well, I look at it this way. We all we all probably weighed or most of us weighed less, and definitely most of us had more hair at that time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yep. Definitely. Nailed it. Um, I'm going to put out a, a plea during this thing, okay, that if uh, anybody wants to uh, send me uh, these pictures, I'd love to have them back. I, I, oh, I you don't have them anymore? No, I lost my uh, uh, cocoa a long time ago, and uh, the hard drive, you know, died on me, so I, I no longer have those pictures. So, yeah, if anybody wants to share them with me, that'd be great, you know? Uh, my my email address, if you want to send them through that, is bullco, B-U-L-L-C-O, 78 at gmail.com. Okay. okay. There's a few people obviously have them. I mean, Jason's got yeah. some, Alan's got some of his sites. So, yeah, we'll do that. Yeah, I mean, this this the, these ones are just up on my my blog site at cocoman.org that I really haven't done anything with in quite some time. But this is I posted these back in 2017, but... Uh, yeah, we'll be sure to pass this along. Um, I think this must this, have been uh, the presentation this is, with the three. Yeah, this is the main forum that we had. Uh, we had all the special guests up the front there uh, talking, and 
the audience could just ask questions. That was quite a good discussion, especially with Mar- yeah. Mark Hawkins telling us about about uh, the development of the um, the the uh, Cobra the Three, Cobra the ROMs three, yeah. and everything. Yeah, and that was a, that was something that I always would read about in the uh, that the uh, Rainbow Fest would do. They had these big conference forums or whatever, and they yeah, roundtable type yeah. things. Round table, that's the word. So I said, Oh look, I wanna I wanna have another round table. I wanna bring back the round table. And that's what we did. And again, the audience was in the middle of the room, the vendors around the sides, and the front was essentially like a stage. Exactly. Yep. Yep. Exactly. And now Nick, I really hate to be a stickler, but that table is obviously a rectangle. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true. Yeah, it was. <laughs> now, Nick, I do have a question for you. Maybe I can't remember if it was you or Ron, but the outsides on the right and left side of the PenFest 2000 banner itself, you had, what was it, ag- magazine ads of like? They were ads. They were just um, um, ads like, from the rainbow itself. They were the really Like premier nice products ads. or something? or Premier products, yeah. I, I thought I'd just put all those products on the, hang them on the on both sides of the banner just to, to sort of showcase the, the great products that were available for the cocoa uh, at the time, everything. And how many of those were right done through. at Dilemma was my question next to uh, Every one of them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was just various full-page color, uh, well, color or black and white ads from the rainbow that, that I thought at the time that, that they always looked impressive. And um, I thought I'd just get hold of them and just pin them all up. Cool. I kind of remembered that, but I wasn't sure if I had that right in my head. We also did have... I thought the whole back wall was a, a great presentation. You know? Yeah, it was, yeah. And, and also on the on the right there, you can see Al Huffman and a, and a video camera. We actually uh, did have this um, way back then uh, video streamed as well, I, I think. I think that was one of the first fests that, that did that. I think we had a live chat. Back then, we had a uh, some IRC IRC or something, wasn't it? chat, and there was a, uh, I think there was a live cam separate. I can't remember exactly how Al did it, but yeah, it was one of the one of the first fests to actually um, live open stream up it during the show. Yeah, to stream it. Yeah, because yeah, Coco Fest borrowed that, and we, we've tried to do that too. Cause just because some people just can't make it, either the timing's wrong, they can't afford it, they're too far to the country like nick <laughs> yeah it's a long swim yeah right yeah still waiting for that picture of jason here with his beard oh i'm not there's not any pictures of me on the, in these ones because i took all the pictures oh. <laughs> oh, <laughs> i know <laughs> i know if you want to see 23 year old video of me i think what it's the uh, uh, bonus feature on the what is it which which one of the uh, dvds is it the uh, pop star pilot dvd Nick? Yeah, I've I've got the videos. If you want to, if you really want to see that, <laughs> uh, I, I'm I'm fine with not seeing it. I've got a picture. I'll show my pictures. Uh, you're there. Yeah, and there's the TC9. I lugged that in my carry-on luggage. It's a, a tote filled with clothes and that. <laughs> I'm sure I get bad looks when I was going through security. Oh yeah, I'm I'm sure customs just love that. <laughs> the bomb right, now. Oh, and that's just a. Oh, it's got a it's the color computer festival it says and and at 8 a.m and then at 2 p.m we had uh we had a bridal shower i didn't attend <laughs> that though yeah 
But I do remember the folks from the bridal shower kind of lingering in the hall there. Yeah, they didn't come and get it as involved as the bride or the uh, groom party we had at uh, this last Cocoa Fest. So they actually came and got yeah. their pictures taken with the Dino Wars poster. <laughs> yeah, that was epic. And <laughs> there's a Tandy color computer for dummies. I mean, it's kind of blurry. I just I think I was just using like a point and shoot 35 millimeter at the time. So I got what I got, you know. Um I think I've that's the telephone guys. That's the telephone guy again. Uh, let's let's see what else we have here. Okay, there's oh there's the cake again. Yeah, and there's there's Nick video. There's I me mean, with the camera. <laughs> yeah, and I I do remember you know when Mark Hawkins came up that everybody that had a Coco three set up put the Easter egg screen on there, and I think he was just maybe just a little bit freaked out by that. <laughs> Not as freaked out as when video. Uh, Grizzly came running up to him to get his back signed. I've got that on video too, but uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that that, that took him show. aback. <laughs> yeah, it was, it's like I get it's like I think he feels just a little <laughs> bit uncomfortable now. Like, well, you're the guy who can put play you, that. Put bit. Your, yeah, <laughs> I'll play that that short bit just to let the uh, viewers of the show hear. Okay, let me stop sharing and you can play that. Oh, no. Oh, oh okay. do you want to play yeah, that yeah. now or do you want to play it later? Yeah, keep can... showing yours. I've got, I've, okay. got to, I've got to find it I think first. I've okay. I think I've shown these cake pictures already. Let's uh, and there's the television. There's the cake again. Uh I think this was the trivia. Uh there's my these look awfully familiar. Uh I think that was just a view from my table. We we've seen that. And uh it's Curtis again, uh Nick pointing. There wasn't any elevator problems or anything. Uh, you know, everything what? was ground floor. <laughs> everything was ground floor. Yeah, I, I, I never had to. There's the. Thank goodness. Well, for these that. look familiar again. So I, I think maybe video. I had two separate posts, and they might have run together here. But um, oh my goodness! I've got the video ready. So yeah, let's get the video because it looks like I'm getting repeats here for some reason. Let me stop. <laughs> stop sharing. I yeah, I stopped sharing. I think I have more, but I, I think they're. Next okay, game. I'll play the video. <laughs> All right, it's coming through. And ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce you. If you all hit Control Alt Reset, I'd like to introduce you to Mark Hawkins. Right over here. Watch for Michael. Right now. Nobody said I had to say anything, so I just came. But we just got here, uh, had a good flight over. Um, haven't been to a Cocoa Fest before. I don't even own a Cocoa, but I've got a lot of OS9 boxes, and, and we've been doing this for a long time, so. It ought to be a lot of fun talking to all you guys, seeing what all you've done with this little, this little teeny machine over all these years and um, spreading a little knowledge, although there's not much left up in there. It's kind of gone, but we'll see how it goes. So Glad to be here. That's it. Okay, you'll see yeah, the signing part. Yeah, oh, there you are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to sign like M. Hawkins or, you know, <laughs> your name is Ned? 
Anyway. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. That, that was right. a, that was a fun time. Yeah, let me I can bring up the other set here. Okay, yep. You you go. I got a couple of Cocoa Ones there, Cocoa Two, Cocoa Three. Yeah, I think. Uh, Did yeah, you get a TDP? I can't remember. One. No, I didn't have one of those. So I had the first gray, the second gray. I think uh, the center one was a Cocoa Three. There was a large white case Cocoa Two, and the short. Or was white it the case. Melty and the full travel keyboard Cocoa Twos? I can't. Yeah, remember. I can't can't remember now. And you can see just below them on the under the table. Oh, yeah, some of the ads ads. from the time period, like the Isaac Asimov ads when the original Cocoa 1 was out. Yeah, the ads for that particular model, Cocoa. Mm -hmm. So it was meant to be almost like a, yeah, uh, uh, a backs. The the 20-year history, basically, almost, yeah. Yeah, or like a mini museum or whatever. (laughs) Nick, was there any TDPs there then? No, uh, they were, but I I didn't, didn't have any there. Okay. I know as a personal experience, I never even heard of the TDP 100 until here well, a few even, years ago when I had me, to ask, I, what is that? Yeah, I, I'd never, but I'd I, never I, known much about them either. I thought that's not a Coco, is it? I, I, I'm it. guessing it came out after, or it was discontinued. I'm guessing it was discontinued by the time I got a Coco, and that's probably why I didn't hear much. Yeah, it was up between 82 and 83 for the most part. It, actually, it was the first one to have the F board. Um, it came out. F board TDP 100 before the Coco got the F board. So it was the first one easily upgradable 64K by a couple of months before the, the Coco itself got it. And who actually sold the TDP? Uh, was it RCA? Sears. Do you remember, Sorry. Rick? Yeah, I thought they were for retail sales out of Radio Shack. Yeah, yeah but they were not too many retailers picked Shack. it up because yeah. they, right. they, they charged a lot for them. So you couldn't, you couldn't do you much could. markup for profit. You could buy a TTB one a TDP one hundred from the Sears catalog because I saw it there and thought maybe that would be an end around from not being able to get something from Radio Shack because Ma already bought a lot of crap but it didn't work. <laughs> yeah, I seem to recall RCA was one of the distributors too, but I, I don't remember. Well, we never have Sears catalogs up here in Canada anyway. There's got to be an archive of Sears catalog somewhere on the internet. We could find that. I think so. Yeah, <laughs> I, re- I remember I couldn't get one from Radio Shack because they just took cash. And uh, so the TDP was attractive because, come on, Ma. Sears card. Put it on the Sears card. Right. Yeah. Oh, there's there's the cake again. I'm, oh, that's that was the cake. It was still in the box. That's in the CM8 with the door yeah. still in the box. Um, yeah. Okay. but uh, 1990. I mean, 2000 air. Yeah, 2000 air. Yeah, and... Uh, I mean, this must be a different day because I see Curtis is wearing a, a red yeah, shirt. Yeah, that's my 86 uh, Rainbow Fest shirt. Yeah. We, and I could still fit in it. And uh, I... There's... Um, I think that's John, John Linville. Linville right there. Yep. John Linville. Because yeah, I do remember him from that show. He had... And I did, it didn't stick with me until he had, I had heard him in another time tell the story how he ended up being there, which the very... Uh, the paraphrased version would be, I think he had a, a relative in the area and uh, was visiting or something or and was able to plan the visit at the same time as the show from with a relative nearby. I 
I don't remember the whole thing, but that's the paraphrased version of it. Yeah, I do remember the first time I ever talked to him was at this show, and that's actually it was at my TC9 seminar because he had the most questions out of anybody in the audience about it. So, that's, that's um, um oh. the music. Jim Davis on the left, Carl Sefcik in the middle, and I can't tell who's on the right. Yeah, Carl. That's that was a music man. This this is the show Carl brought that electric car we were talking about in the pre-show. Actually, we took oh. a few of us out for a drive with it. First one I'd ever seen in real life. That's that's Music Man over here. Is that what you said, Nick? Yeah, Brian that's Schubert? him. Brian oh, Schubert. Brian Schubert. I I don't even remember him being there. But again, like I said, there was such a gap between. You know, I went to this show in Pittsburgh, and then I didn't go to another Coco Fest till. 2017 or 2018 or something like that yeah 17 or 18 i'd have to look now but it was one of those shows it was a long time because i know i think tony was there and like oh you should come to coco fest i got a calculator and everything and i just never got there looks like he's got a keyboard there could be imagine that yeah he does (laughs) too bad you can't zoom in with these pictures uh you know I need to rescan these at some point with a better scanner. And, uh, but again, these are old 35 millimeter prints. So, but, uh, here you, you can see that you can see the TC nine and you can make out the mullet really, really well in this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm about to electrocute myself. I'm going to try soldering something on the back. <laughs> I don't, uh, <laughs> and this looks like, that's uh, got to be Jim Davis's booth, I think. Yeah, that was CFDM because he, he, he was distributing some of the old uh, like Sundog stuff. And oh, right, yeah, yeah he was time. distributing as well as Jim Davis. They were both kind of distributing some yeah. of the Dicom and Sundog stuff. That's Contras on the screen there. I see that. Are and you using a, an app to show these pictures? I am. I am using these. I am viewing these right from my 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 blog. Uh, oh, at cocoman.org okay. if i was using an app i might have been able to make it bigger but yeah again okay. this is this is me last minute no planning involved they were already on there and that's uh, tradition on our show so that's yeah. fine that i have to st- i have to uphold the production value here on the coco nation and yeah. i i can't I e none <laughs> i e none I, I cannot be an overachiever i must i have yeah. to maintain the same we, we can't pull quality. a pen fest 2000 here on the show and have something really professional and slick of course I hate to say it, but it sounds like bull. Give him an A forever. No, no. It's, it's in our contract. We 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 have to be on no bull bulls bulls up there on your, on your screen. <laughs> He's up there, right there, right above Curtis. Ron bull on the top, and Jason's bull down the bottom. There it's, you like go. A, it's like a Curtis sandwich. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, that. Ew. And you see on the right hand side, that's uh, Paul Zabela. Yeah. Oh, that's Paul's at elbow. All at the table. Okay. Yeah, he sat next to uh, uh, Brother Jeremy. Yeah, we'll have to get Paul on the show, actually. I because he yeah, he didn't, used to didn't he he used to be a vendor of some sort too, wasn't he? Yeah. Well, he uh, had a nifty way of taking uh, and making anything out of EEPROMs. Okay, you know yeah. the the EEPROM with the uh, three musketeers yeah. on. He at the show. He was selling uh, the. The Coco Fest 2000 EEPROM. Yeah. Yeah, the pen. Yeah. yeah, the pen fest where you had the whole banner and stuff. Actually, when you hit Control yeah. Reset, that's what you got. Yeah, I'm sure Mark was. Hawkins didn't like that, but <laughs> <laughs> he had a way of doing it, and uh, so he was selling them there. Yeah. 
Hey, Ron, I know that you, you probably won't remember this, but um, back in the day, do you think um, most CMAs had doors on them? What's that? Back in do the day, most, yeah. Do you think most CMAs had their doors on them? Uh, I think they it, fell off after the first week. Yeah, because it's like yeah. as time went on, now, now it's rare to see one with a door on it. Yeah. I think well, the back then is, mine had them, so I, I think they've they've fallen off later. I still have them. It's just like I have two CM8 doors, and there's like one leg that's broke on both of them. Yeah, yeah, that's what makes it break. Right, yeah. same one. I think now you the three print a replacement. Jason, think, you're a little too hard on equipment there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think both the design of the door and over time the plastic probably gets brittle because the Apple monitors have the same problem, and so do the Commodore ones. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's every CM8 that ever went to a Cocoa Fest lost its door. Since we all go to the Cocoa Fests, we don't have our doors anymore. Well, I, I picked up a spare CM8 for a really good price because Eric Canales bought it at a Cocoa Fest auction one year. And it had a door, and he just wanted the door. And then I, I forget what it was. I said, so, and then when he sold me the monitor without the door, I said, so you just paid, and I forget what the dollar was. It was like, so you just paid 20 30 or whatever it was, dollars for a CM8 door. He's like, yes, I did. I'm like, okay. <laughs> wow. Yeah, works out. In another uh, few years, they'll probably be making them and selling them somewhere. We'll see. We well, can 3D print one, probably. Yeah. yeah. Problem, yeah some people have already. ABS isn't strong enough. Otherwise, the original door wouldn't have broke. So what do you do? That's what you got. It's a bad design. I think this was, I think this must have been Nick's little display because I see an Australian flag. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. wasn't that the year you had the Australian auction? Yeah, it was. Okay. Yeah. Or, or raffle. I'm sorry. Raffle. Raffle. Yeah. Raffle. Raffle. Yeah, I, 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 I got, I, I won a, uh, a package of what we would call here cookies, but they uh, called biscuits and they were like biscuits. Anzac biscuits or something like that. Yeah, the Anzac. Thing. Hmm. I'm trying to remember, did you actually bring Vegemite and subject any of us to that? Oh, gee, I can't remember. I don't, <laughs> don't think I did. If you lost I hope not. Right? That'd be a health hazard. <laughs> Start another pandemic, you reckon, eh? Yeah. Oh, and you can, you can Grizzly see. Adams or Grizzly uh, being uh, Ray, Ray, I can remember his last name now. His nickname was Grizzly Band. We're getting his shirt signed by Mark. Yeah, we just saw the video that moments yeah. ago, and you can see. Nick on the left there, uh, taking said video. Yeah, so yeah. It's, it's, actually it's taking the, the video. Yeah, so it's the making of. This could be part of the documentary <laughs> series. This is behind the scenes. <laughs> right. Behind the scenes of Penfest 2000. Oh, and that's more of the signing. And Ray Watts there, I think, is his name in the... We in the didn't actually the see the signing in the video, right? Uh, it was, yeah, you did. Uh, not the actual signature, no. No, you saw this part here, where he's bending over for the soap. <laughs> well, all right, ne next slide. Quick, quick. Oh, that's out. right. You guys had a video. Sorry, go ahead, Ron. Yeah, I say it was one way to get him to come out of his shell is have him send an autograph. You know, he was he was awful shy. Who, Mark? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he was always. Kind of shy. He was a good speaker, though. He had a natural. Oh yeah. 
I forgot video. here too. On the middle, you had a video of some of the premier Coco games yeah. and stuff continuously running on a. So cassette. there was a video, video with a whole pile of games. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's did why I brought my VCR. Did yeah, he pass yeah. away? What's that? Did he pass away, or one of the three? Yeah, Todd. Uh, is it Todd Earls is the one that passed away quite a while ago. I think it was uh, Alan would know. James actually might know in the in the chat too because they worked. You know, both of my core. So I'll let, yeah. I'll let him catch up once the stream catches up there. It's funny. You said he didn't even have a cocoa. Well, they were rolled OS9 for so many different systems. I mean, yeah, with, he did know. say he had a lot of OS9 boxes. So I remember that time he probably had more OSK and OS9000 boxes, to be honest. Brother Jeremy in the level two version three upgrade. There was a there was a song for Kevin Darling that was was sung. I do that have that. Also. Yeah, oh, of course yeah. you have that. <laughs> of course, <laughs> of course you do. And uh, brother Jeremy's played it at Coco Fest Chicago numerous times too. Yeah, and I oh, think Penfest Penfest two thousand was the first time that brother Jeremy so, uh, sang that song to Kevin yeah. Darling direct. Oh, personally. And and Kevin, if 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 you were if you were there, you knew he was actually he was he was teary-eyed, he was touched after mm -hmm. hearing the song. There's another look at the, the Australian uh, auction or uh, right, raffle rather. I got Aussie it wrong the raffle. second time too. Raffle. Yes. <laughs> raffle. Yeah James is confirming it was it was Todd that passed away okay. from the three amigos. Okay. So Harris I must be still alive and then Hawkins. Oh, and there's the coconuts book, which I have mine. Mine's around here somewhere. Right? Yeah, mine's back in the shelf. Somewhere's. Um it looks like the looks like the view from my from behind my table again. Is there really anything back then that you you could have that you can't have now? Do you know? Oh yeah, you, uh, you could have your cake and eat it too back then. I don't know about now. <laughs> <laughs> I think the cake's all gone now, Ron. Yeah. Yeah. Get some more. <laughs> Would you say um it's getting harder to find cocos in their boxes or uh, oh, yeah. MPIs or Yeah, but on the other end we've got replacement hardware better than we had back in 2000, so Oh yeah. Well, there's no SDC or anything like that back then you were relying right. on real floppy and real hard drives. I swear the SDC is a game. It was the game changer when I got back yep, into indeed. doing Coco stuff. I was like, going, first thing I bought was Popstar Pilot." I said, "Nick Morentes is selling something. I, I want it." And then <laughs> as I saw the SDC. I'm like, "Oh, that that's just that's a, that's a must have." And then you know, especially with the archive, I'm like oh, this makes things so much easier. Yeah, <clears throat> done. Is, yeah, big. Yeah, when I had the SDC in my hand and I was looking at my pile of uh, floppies, I was thinking to myself. Oh my God! <laughs> you know there was so many. That, that was a game changer. I think that's what really brought the cocoa back to the point where the community is expanding again instead of shrinking. That brother Jeremy playing uh, "Stayway to Heaven." <laughs> I don't know. He the played a lot of still... stuff. So, <laughs> yeah, the cakes were still in the boxes. So, <laughs> um, yeah. let's see what else do we have here? Oh, we have. Uh... I think that's Kevin and Mark reacting to brother Jeremy singing. Mm -hmm. That's um that sure that sure looks like the reaction. There's the KD song. So Jeremy was everybody's brother, huh? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I believe that might be Mr. Linville there again. 
That was so long ago. It really seems like seems like a different seems like a lifetime ago. Okay, and there there's a there's a better shot of my uh, table, and I still have that card sign that's on top of that CMA. I I still have that. I I I'll bring I bring that to Cocoa Fest. It usually falls over, but I I bring it. <laughs> but that I I made that on like a color laser printer around that time. I think I must have been working somewhere that had a color laser printer. I like the fact that the the table next to you has how many cocos for sale there in boxes? Yeah, look in at boxes that. too. I, got as, I bought as many as I could. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was Ron down there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when I when I had a decent amount of hair. And, and is that joysticks behind you? That big tall stack of boxes? I didn't have a bunch of stuff there. Uh, you see, what happened is I opened up a store. I started my own computer shop. Okay, back in. Uh, I think it was 97, 98, somewhere in there is when I started up my own computer shop. So I thought, well, I got to bring something. So I brought that. And I figured, hey, Coco people could probably use some of this stuff. You know what I mean? Were you uh, building PCs or what? Yeah, that's what my, my shop was for, was uh, building and repairing computers. That's what I did. So eh, I got in a wonderful world of windows, you know what I mean? I stayed there, <laughs> stayed there until, I, until my business, uh, my business got robbed and I closed it down. Ooh. And then the next year I had a heart attack. So I said, that's it, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, closed it down. So, but, so uh, do you remember what, what, uh, you know, chips you were probably using in the PCs back then, you know, were you into the, um, Pentium twos yet or, or anything or it would have been yeah back then yeah oh back then they had um uh, uh, three two eighty sixes three eighty sixes and I think the start of four eighty sixes or maybe we already had the four eighty sixes I don't know but uh, I think yeah I think the uh, Pentiums were out by then yeah. Yeah, but yeah. Lots of cool yeah. computers ran local bus and stuff. So yeah, lots I of think rooms. this yeah. is around like the Pentium twos were coming. I think I was working yeah. at a computer shop around this yeah. this era yeah. or right or maybe right that before this. Right. But yeah. Uh, yeah, man, my chip yeah. of choice still is a is a Dorito. That's me. <laughs> I got. I I basically uh, got out of Windows. I uh, <clears throat> found something that's real close to OS nine. And that was uh, Linux. So uh, that's when I got introduced into Linux. And uh, shortly before I closed my business down, I was telling all my customers to get that. <laughs> get them off of Windows. There's, there's quite a few people in the Cocoa community that went that same direction. Yeah. The, bad, the bad part about Linux back in the day was uh, the command line stuff. So if you were used to a GUI like Windows and then you went to Linux, Linux was too, you couldn't put programs in easy it was hard so yeah well yeah. i use ubuntu i've been using ubuntu for a long time and it does give you the uh gui that's close to windows you know yeah in the old days it wasn't complete if someone no. set it up for you it worked really nice yeah but if you Large had to learning l- curve. install your own pro- program or something in 2000 yeah, can- no it's not happening there was no. a there was a lot of fiddling, and I probably lost some hair over it at one point. I I would go back and forth and <laughs> just kind of get frustrated. <laughs> it was like one of those things, like, well, I'm having a problem with this. Well, well, 
well, you shouldn't have that problem. Like, and that just kind of just just oh. recompile the kernel. You just got to modify the source code. That's all. <laughs> I need more tape go, for my glasses. And then you go and turn on your cocoa, and it comes right on. Yeah. And you have your disk set in there, and you can put them in, yep. and you, you know what you're doing. Ease of yeah. use. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll tell you what, it was outstanding. Yeah. I say so much that I was willing to get it repacked. You know. Yeah, I, we, I did it. I have that the shell that looks like oh, there's a modern day computer, <laughs> and it's a cocoa. <laughs> yeah, that's what my TC9 basically was too, because it was all in a mini tower case and a PCAT keyboard and a you know serial mouse and a bit. Same thing. Uh, I remember Steve Bjork talking about he had a lot of his cocoa stuff he had in storage got stolen because. And one of them was a, his repack because someone probably just thought it was a PC and just like yoink and. Uh, yeah, because all of his source code for all of his games was on that thing. Right. Uh, uh, that, that's and he got stolen out of his store. And you just, yeah. Wow. Uh, that's a heck of a loss. Yeah. Oh, oh there's my there's the other angle of my table. I, I don't get a good size table then. I think I, I think I had one table, but the person next to me didn't show up. So I just I just kind of it just slowly creeped out to the other. <laughs> if I remember correctly, again, it's I literally the, the, the title of this in my blog is Fuzzy Memories, because there's a lot of this. You know, we're talking about it starting to come back to me. But if I would just try to sit down and think about like I don't remember a lot of this. Hey, hey, it was I, a I, celebration. I must say there I don't see any MC10 there. You know what? I didn't have an MC10 back then. I had seen one at a ham fest at one point, and someone said, don't buy that. It's not good. <laughs> uh, I didn't get an MC10 until a few years ago when I drove to Columbus, Ohio to pick up a bunch of stuff, and that was one of the things that was in there. That's when I got my MC10, but before then, I had seen them a few times, or like, and it was one of those, you don't want this. So, but, Ron, did you ever buy one? Uh, buy one what? MC10. MC10. Yeah, the micro color computer. That's a no. I'd say that's a no. I I would say (laughs) one of one of these. No, no, I didn't buy any of those. Well, you Uh, knew about them, right? Huh? You knew about them, right? No, I don't think I did. You don't think you did? Basically, the way I can sum up the MC10, and others have said the same, is the MC10 was Radio Shack's answer to the Timex Sinclair like a year to a year or so too late. Yeah. So they didn't stick around very long. Yeah. Yeah. 83, 84 is basically the only time I'm sold by Tandy. And then there was a period of time where it was uh, considered a door holding open <laughs> device. Yeah. And now yeah, but we've, so we've moved software. on. Yeah. We've moved on from that. Yeah. yeah. It's had a bit of a Renaissance, just like the Coco has. So oh, we had so. a whole, we had a whole program here. I don't remember what episode it was. Did we had an MC10 special where we had a lot yep. of MC10 experts come on, and it was uh, all, they all had a good sense of humor about some of the old jokes. But uh, there was they were doing a lot of amazing things with that piece of hardware. Yeah, that I was, was actually my first one. Yeah, I was putting my What's money. What's the name the of the guy in the doorway there? I forget his name. Yeah, uh, I. No, I don't remember I, either. I, I don't know the. It's not. It's an orange shirt, but it's not David Ladd. Security. Uh, he had a badge. I can see the yellow badge, but uh, I. 
Yeah, can't quite zoom in on I, it. Yeah, I can't. Uh, no, it would. Yeah, there's no. It's just, we'll see if there's another picture of him somewhere here. Maybe okay. it's somebody from the bride. No, yeah, he has. He it looks like he has a Penfest badge. I don't. I don't know who oh, that is either. Be Mosey, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he. Yeah, we need a better picture because you can't really see his face. Yeah. So. Yeah. The only way I'd let him in is if. Oh, I'm who's this? <laughs> no, we who's have, this we guy? Yeah, we had, we had the yeah, skip over that food. picture. We've seen him a hundred times. Crikey! <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's Nick again, and there's the orange, orange shirt guy. Yeah, they, uh, they still can't see his back. Can't see him now. Uh, oh, there's some type of. Yeah, what are those? Yeah, oh, we had an afternoon cup? tea or something. Uh, yeah, some type of glass or cup or something yeah, yeah. for beverages yeah it was, it was it was um i don't know if it was leftovers from the cake or it was it was coffee it was uh probably curtis's favorite thing yeah so there oh, would no be a lot more of it was for me <laughs> well, there, was, yeah, that's right, there wasn't any mascot at the show huh like the cat <laughs> or anything no, no i think i, I think, think nick was the mascot Oh, yeah, Nick was <laughs> the kangaroo. Like, That's right. Porky, I'm from Australia. Do you remember that donut game? <laughs> <laughs> Nick the koala bear. That's yeah. uh, That's it. Uh, oh, and you looks like you were autographing something. The digi scan manual. Okay. Oh, and, and you're videotaping it at the same time. So yeah, he's videotaping himself signing something. <laughs> I was videotaping, and uh, Ron asked me to sign the book. I said, okay, I'll try and do yeah, mul multitask. Yeah. <laughs> so when did uh, DigiScan come out? Around 2000 and – no, um, sorry, 90 – yeah, no. Uh, yeah, Rascan came out in, the, like, the early 90s, late 80s, because I had Yeah, it was early 90s. Yeah, you're right, yeah. Yeah, because uh, when it first came out – a guy in our club got one and he demoed it at his house in the basement and uh, we all stood around and watched it work. It was pretty interesting. That's that's a unit there on the table, the the black thing. Yeah, it's a lot smaller than the old Raskin, which was a boomer with beige box. Yeah. Uh, Coco Living in the chat's asking, are all these pictures on the Color Computer Archive? And, and no, I don't think they are. Uh, Alan Huffman's got some on his site. Um, Jason obviously has some on his site as well. And then Nick has some of his private collection. I don't think you have too many PenFest pictures on your site, do you, Nick? You maybe have one I've or two. I've got the PenFest report, and it has small versions of pictures in the report. Yeah, yeah and I'll go if through Alan's here because Alan's got a few pictures I don't think uh, Jason has. So. Yeah. I think, yeah. I've got just... a couple as well. We could just quickly shoot shoot through those. Yeah, that looks like an auction picture. And yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it's, oh, there's a, I guess that's a repack of some type. Yeah, it almost looks like Frank Swagger. He had his portable Cocoa used to bring to the that's Chicago a, Fest, but I don't know if that's It's a Capro 2 case. Yeah. yeah, it does look like a Caprio one, yeah. yeah. Yep, it's metal. kind of fuzzy. Yeah, Put to blue. better use. Exactly. <laughs> uh, look at all those Cocoa 3s just sitting in boxes, probably selling for like 20 to 50 bucks. I know. Uh, I just remember this. I think this was the one that had the auction that the, what was it, the, uh, the CCR 83s just kept just kept coming and coming and coming, all like new in the box. Or was it eighty two? Whatever. And now a Coco three on eBay is what four or five hundred dollars. Yeah, know. don't think it's quite Insane. that much, but oh, in the box, yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, 
Is that KTV a monitor? I think it was like a 12 inch like portable television. Oh, I think. But it worked on the Coco. Yeah, absolutely. Well, they sure don't make shirts like that anymore, do they? No. Uh, goodwill. <laughs> Salvation Army. Oh. <laughs> and this, yeah. this, this is a Coco too that I got at the auction that has a ho- you know has a homebrew um, composite mod. Uh huh. And I, I looked at that. And I'm like, wait a minute, I own that. I have that. I think I've actually <laughs> had it at some of the shows, but um, time. Uh, there's the orange shirt guy again, but um, <laughs> if anybody knows who's the orange shirt guy, it's going. I think Alan's got a zoom up picture of him, so I'll see if I can find that when we quickly go through his. Yeah, this just looks like more of the auction. Okay. Yeah, uh, I will uh, just skim through. Them, yeah, we'll just skim through these. Yeah, there's some more auction goodness and uh, sock master right there's, up front there. There's a baby sock. Yep, <laughs> there's Ron, and uh, there's. Did they call those females? <laughs> and I, I forget go, this go. fellow's name here, uh, but uh, next to Carl, but I know he he had actually come to some of the Cocoa Festival. We yeah, did get George here Christmas a while stuff. back that he had passed George. away. George, yeah, yeah, it's George. Passed away. I got to go, guys. Uh, it, this has been great fun. I'm going to watch All it. All right. See you. See you, Mr. Okay, see you, Ron. Hey, Ron. No bull. Righty, take care. <laughs> <laughs> Nice to know you. There's the uh, Raskin That's the again. Digiscan, I think the second version, isn't it? Oh. Or is that still called Raskin? I know you changed the name of it at one point. Uh, Digiscan. It's a Digiscan, yeah. Okay. And, I think uh, it sold for 200 didn't it? <laughs> uh, 80 I thought. No, it was... <laughs> I'd have to take a look. You advertised it, or they advertised in Rainbow from Game Point originally, so I'd have to go find their ads. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think the auction went for 80 bucks. Yeah, and there's is that Alan bidding bidding on things. Yep. I'm sure bidding things up. Yep. Yep. And uh, I don't know what he, he had. So I don't. I don't think that's a Jolt Cola though. Uh, I don't know what that is. Coke, I think. Maybe it might have been. might have finished them off already. <laughs> I don't think they make shirts like that either anymore, Nick. No. <laughs> oh, they don't. <laughs> oh, you, you, you've I think you've cornered the market on them now. Maybe yeah. I don't know. It's like the Hawaiian shirts I can wear. Oh yeah, there's 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 Ron and Nick. Is, is this where he's acting like he's not taking a bribe? There, I see some currency. I think that was giving the money to Nick to send them back home. Oh, no, this is yeah. Here, go home. Get out. Go home. You mean they didn't want to keep him? <laughs> I must have been buying something. I don't know. Hey, I have no I idea. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> kidding. It's totally out of context. I don't remember either. And obviously, there's probably no video of it because because Nick would be Nick, filming uh, it. Unless Alan got it because he filmed it. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I think it's some more bunch of rainbows, things, some rainbows there, and there's orange shirt guy again. It's just the <laughs> second day of it. Just uh, um, there's a. Uh, oh, and then I just have the show guide and everything here that I had to. Uh, yep. I had, I had scanned, and but I think we've. This is all on CocoMan.org, where where my my stuff is here. So I'll go ahead and uh, stop sharing. And okay, Nick, you said you have some more pictures. So I'll let you do yours first, yeah. then I'll go through some of Alan's. I'll, I'll anything that really looks quick. like I we haven't I've seen. I've only got a few. Hang on, where are they? That one. Share and enlarge. Maybe. Hang on. Yep, we see it. 
enhance. Yep, I just got to remember how to enlarge. Wait a minute. I'm going to guess this picture was not generated on the Coco. No. Is that coming? No, no, it wasn't. So that's the banner. Um, and it's sort of reflective of the rainbow, obviously, the rainbow in the background. Mm-hmm. Penfest 2000, 1980 to 2000. So the big birthday bash. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I noticed you even spelled color computer with the uh, American spelling. Well, that's what's on the on the cocoa. So, <laughs> <laughs> for once, you spelled it correctly. Nick, I don't think so you're we going to get a break. <laughs> <laughs> we give anyone a hard time that spells color with a U. Just it's just kind of a rule, I think. <laughs> this is uh when we're setting up the room. Everyone was uh, getting up on ladders and setting up the streamers and inflating balloons and setting up their tables. So everyone got together and yeah, it was a pretty, yeah. I conveniently flew in too late for this. It was all done by the time I got there. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you actually flew to a show and you didn't drive like two days. No, I used to, I flew to the first few rainbow fest too. It just that if I was hauling too much stuff, it was just too expensive to haul it by a plane. Oh, I just thought you were maybe like Mr. T and you didn't like to fly. So that's why you always drove those crazy distances. No, no, I, I fly to a uh, boat fest. That's too long of a drive. That's there's the, there's uh, the pen fest. Yeah, there's the pen fest ROM modification. So you hit control yeah, exactly. reset instead of getting the three amigos. That's what you'd get. Yeah. yeah. And then when you want three amigos back in, you just pull that ROM out. Yeah. And that's Paul there, uh, Ron? That's Paul, yeah. Paul, he's oh, there. cool. He's, he's wearing a shirt for Jerry's Curb Service. I know exactly where that is. That's one of those old-fashioned, like, drive-in places where you, you know, they come up and get, take your food to the car. It's still there. I know exactly where that is. Like the old A&W drive-in that things. Uh... That's that's how he got to looking like that. I'm sure. And then, <laughs> and then on top of it, now there's an ice cream place right next door, too. So yeah, he, I know exactly he, where that place is. He underwent that uh, gastric bypass stuff. Because he had a bypass in his heart. So he lost a lot of weight. Like uh, that's fine. me. <laughs> yeah, there you are again. Oh, them blue boxes are all speakers. Mm. So there's right your company in there, too, Bullco. Yeah. Right <laughs> that says uh, is uh, joysticks. You know? And there's uh, CD racks. See, I didn't have a lot in my store that I could bring, but I brought some. And then, of course, I had a couple of Cocos that I bought just before coming there. That way I could yep. have something there. <laughs> Here's a wide-angle shot of the room. We can see a Curtis's butt there. <laughs> oh, thanks for pointing that out, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> Was that necessary? Curtis getting a break either, are you? Nope. There's Kurt. And that's the end of the show. There's Jason. There you are. And here's where we break the street. I must have not been ready because I look like I have this. Yes, much more hair. A lot more hair. Deer in the headlight. Deer in the headlight. Jason, you actually look cool here. Yeah. It didn't last. It was a phase. You look so young. Yeah, it was 23 years ago. I was much younger. I was probably... And a big collection of black beauties. Yeah, black beauties. Yep. I think... uh, Oh, geez. So... Yeah. I was probably like... Yeah, I was was in my 20s then, no doubt. 
You can, yeah, I'm saying you can change that now. I've seen enough. We've <laughs> <laughs> seen. Sam, you're a good looking guy. What happened? And there's Al Huffman. Yep. Without his traditional uh, robe from Hitchhikers with all the badges yeah, and stuff yet from Aries Fest. Yeah. And his bathrobe or his robe, yeah, with the towel. Right. Yeah, the bathrobe. You know, there's yeah. a towel nearby. Right. Yes. Always have a towel. There's a cake. That's a better that's a better picture of the cake than I have. I don't know. My cake was all blurry. Notice the Dang, thing, somebody unboxed it. The only thing that was actually printed for the cake was the cocoa. Yeah. You can see everything it's else. Yeah, everything else is on my hand because you can see the little stencil line outside with the edible icing thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Hey Jason. Yes. If, if it was uh if your if your uh, image was uh blurry, maybe you should talk to Coco Man about getting a uh one of those uh Scart cables. <laughs> there you go. Good night, everybody. There's the two cakes side by side. The CMate and its door. I think it was just a product of a crappy 35 millimeter point and shoot camera I was using at the time. But it was an upgrade for me because I didn't have to crank it every picture. It had a battery. Ooh. That's Kevin and Mark. And they actually worked together a fair bit when they were doing the version three upgrade until Andy canceled the cocoa at the last minute. They are so hard to get to come to the fest. <laughs> uh, who's that guy in the red shirt there? That's not the same red guy, red shirt guy. No, we were no, about it's earlier. another guy, yeah. I'm yeah, another red name. shirt guy. Yeah, that's more red. I think the other one's more orange. And uh, yeah, I... yeah. He heard there was cake, so he came in. <laughs> yeah, he, he was just there for the cake. <laughs> well, that was my Sorry, We don't remember who you are. Um, and he looks happy, too. The, I'd be uh, happy too if I had some cake right now. <laughs> yeah, that's the round table. Table. Why didn't no one send over any cake? <laughs> the round table on the square table. <laughs> There's Cashman in the background. Yep. It was changing all the time. There's all different yep. games. Now you even see some of the ads are like there's Puyan in the upper right there and yep, Coco Max and Sailor Man. Yeah, I picked all the really nice full page ads. Well, buzzard bait in the top left there. Um, yeah. yeah, just to showcase the uh, Coco. There's uh, everything but the Coco eaten. No one <laughs> wanted to eat the case, the Coco itself. Yeah. It survived till the last bite. <laughs> Except and then Sock got to eat it. Well, <laughs> he was thinking about it. <laughs> do I or do I not? <laughs> and Baby Sock. Yeah. Wearing a Penfest t-shirt. Uh, yeah. Which, if I recall, yeah. I had that one specially made up. Because I, I, I printed all the uh, t-shirts here in Australia. And I put them all in the... I think I had a box and I had them in a box and I shipped them with me. Mm. But there was one special one I made for a uh, baby sock because mm. it had to be smaller than all the rest, of course. And mm. there he is. Penfest 2000 t-shirt. Baby sock. Do, 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 do. There's Ron. anymore. <laughs> There's uh, Brian. That's Brian okay. Shubring. 
Brian Gibbering. Sure is. Yeah. That's uh, like the rest of us. We all had more hair then. Yeah. (laughs) And better organized. And, and, uh, old black. Yeah. Not gray. (laughs) Oh yeah. I'm keeping my head above the thing here. So that way it doesn't shine. (laughs) I'll just, I'll just be right up here. I'm <laughs> three stooges. Oh, look at these guys. Now that's the next uh, Coco Three controlled reset ROM image right there. Oh my God! Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, David Ladd, make this happen. <laughs> oh no! Quick, change the picture. I'd buy that for a dollar. <laughs> Someone said David Ladd. Look, they all left. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, wait, wait. I heard my name. What am I supposed to be working on? Okay, go back one, Nick. <laughs> no, go back one, Nick. Nick. Go back. You got to show David what he's oh, got to build, build a ROM of. Yeah, this this Oops, needs to be... You need to put this on a custom ROM for the uh, for the alt, alt control reset. That's right. You're going to have to talk to Paul Zabale about it. He's got some more empty proms. <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to need an actual photo... So uh, oh, yeah, too bad. send it to me. <laughs> yeah, you can send him a photo. He'll, the he'll photo's right here. What are you talking about? Just screenshot it. No. <laughs> just send me the photo, and we'll see what we can do. <laughs> I, I just say that because I know David did this did uh, did that recently because he was showing it off at Coco Fest. He, you have one with a QR code on your Coco. Yes, and, and and a photo of me, which scared people away. Ooh, yeah, that's. Okay, and I've got a few photos here from Alan's site I was going to show, too, because there's a few I saw that uh, we haven't seen yet. Yeah. Again, there's lots of photos. <laughs> I know. It was the most photographed and videoed fest. So what is this from? Because this I didn't see on the other ones, and this looked like a whole separate room. Uh, as this you go into the, the uh, room. And that when was you, made by, um, yeah, is that, who made that? Was that Paul Zimbala, or was that the uh, the red... Uh, Shirt guy, uh, or did uh, you do that? I don't know where that came from. Someone uh, made it for us. Yeah, I don't but, even uh, remember seeing it, so I have yeah, no idea. It was, it was outside. Yeah, they used came it in. To, when you when you come in and sign in, sign in. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, what it was for. I like the structural water glasses. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a load bearing water glass. Yeah. It, it worked. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I was trying to say, see if I can find some other ones here. Um, There's a zoom up of uh, Nick's raffle oh, stuff. Yeah, the Aussie raffle. Bro, like, how to be normal in Australia? Normal That's got to be the Australia. thinnest book in the world. <laughs> Not to read that. <laughs> do you remember who even won all those? I do have them. Uh, yeah. Somewhere I've got a listing of it. Yeah. Oh, jeez. I won the biscuits. That's all I know. We call them cookies. I'm like, these aren't biscuits. These are cookies. There's the badges, the yellow badges that we were talking about earlier, I think. Yeah. I don't think I have my badge anymore. I don't think I have mine either. I think I, I think it's been lost to history. Or it's in, or it's in a bottom of a box somewhere that I haven't found yet. I think Nick, Nick had just as good as cake. Mm. Now, see, I really want cake. Why? <laughs> I have an angry for He's me now. trying to sneak in to get two cakes at once. You know, I want one of each. <laughs> and here's uh, Nick being a photo bug. 
That's it. Uh, and there was me trying to play guitar. <laughs> and he's yep. still trying. Yeah, I'm still trying. <laughs> I, I'm getting worse every year, is basically what I've been told. <laughs> Brother Jeremy? I don't know. When I put that video up, you play, and I got some copyright strikes, so you must be doing something partway right. Close, <laughs> yeah. uh, let's see here. Boy, Kevin and, and Brother Jeremy talking about the level two version three upgrade and demonstrating uh, it. Absolutely. Do you want to see that video after this? It's just the song. Let's see part of it. Just to oh. close off the pen fest bit. I think I see the orange guy, orange oh, shirt guy sitting. I don't know, maybe not. That's a different orange that's shirt. Not even I. Oh yeah, I remember going to Eaton Park. That's that's still there. We went to Eaton. The building's still there, but it's not a holiday inn anymore. Oh, oh, there's close-ups of those banners. Yeah, yeah. So Game Point was where you sold your stuff here in North America, actually. Yeah, and Steve Burke sold his uh, post Radio Shack stuff. Max Three, Color Max Three. I'm going to have to go over to Alan's site and look at some of this stuff. Sailor Man, Donkey King, the original 1982 ad. Yep. Yeah. There's Space Gunai, and then Mark as um, four graphical adventure games. Some Radio Shack ads for Dynacalc, etc. Flex ads. Uh, Zach Zaxon and Zach Sund. <laughs> Zach Sund. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Charles Rosland and um, Steve Bjork, yep. authors of those two. Yeah. And then Lyra Lear, I'm not sure how to pronounce that. Uh, first real MIDI software I think we had. <clears throat> and then Telerator 64, which was the word processor I used in my Cocoa One. I think it's Lyra. I keep I, I, right. I really keep pushing Telerator 64 for the game of the week, but it just hasn't happened. <laughs> <laughs> because oh, here's the, the, your your display of Cocos here too with the yeah, ads they, yeah. from the time period. So there's Cocoa One with the Badge to the left, so that's a D or on E the board. Left, yep. By Isaac Asimov. And the F board ones with the white plastic underneath instead of the black. With cheaper prices. And there's Ultimuse 3 with Brian Shubring. Yep. What a banner. There's it was good. That Gotta give you credit there. That was in my suitcase. <laughs> so it was collapsible and I still have it. All right. That'll be worth some money at an auction. <laughs> <laughs> There's Mr. Binary, apparently. I can't remember who that was the real name. Now, was this Alan? I can't remember who did this. It came from Alan, Fort Worth. The biggest name in the computer presents Coco, the machine yeah. that wouldn't die. <laughs> I, I think that was Alan because at the point he was he was spelling software W E A R and was bringing like T-shirts, yeah, instead of actual computer yeah, software. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, I should have got one of those and I didn't. Stupid yeah. me. And here's Nick playing Gate Crasher. What is and this? This, dumb guy? this is right at the end here where you're taking on Bill Gates too. Oh yeah, it is too. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, because I think you showed us there, there was a there the was cheat a code. cheat code to get to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There he is, Bill Gates. <laughs> and terminated. <laughs> Notice that CM8 has a mon monitor door. 
Yeah. Yep. The, the door is down, though. So basically it, it, open. Yes. Yeah. That's so what you've never seen uh, Gatecrasher being won. That's actually what you get when you win the game. I think it's the only time I've ever seen it being won. <laughs> was it at the beginning here? I was going to see if I could find that other red shirt guy. I'm going to have to go th- have to go through all these and look for the orange shirt guy at some point. Or sorry, yeah, that's what I meant there. Oh, I don't see any separate pictures of him. Yeah. Oh, it was in the uh, the uh, very first. Uh, is he there? I was trying to see uh, if he was at the restaurant there, but I don't. Yeah, think he was. I see him there either. down at Eaton uh, Park. It was in the uh, auction video I played at the very beginning. Okay. Well, this, this must have been funny watching a bunch of nerds you know, wandering over for dinner. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is across the street. Walking traffic. <laughs> that looks like a screen grab, but there's video of that. Uh, Alan might have it. It's all his stuff. Yeah. All right. Just another snapper run at the restaurant. Yeah. And that's uh, uh, Paul. Paul. Paul right next to you there. Yeah, it looks like old school Bob Evans there. Yeah, I think we did go to Bob Evans, didn't we? Wasn't that just nearby? Can't I think it was like just across the street. I think it I think it still might be. Oops, hang on. Hang on. Oh, you found something? Okay. I'm glad we hung on for that. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I'm trying to find the red, uh, the red shirt guy in the video. You might pick him when I play the video again, just at the very start. Okay. Okay. And here's here's Jeremy Spiller playing his own game, Xenix. Not a black booty yet. Now that that was a great show. I mean, everything was so professionally well done, and and you know, you guys went all out with cakes and banners and video cassette players. You know, playing you know games in the background, ads. So it was just it was the slickest show I'd been to since Rainbow Fest itself. And I think even to this date, it's probably the fanciest of the Cocoa Fest I've seen. Well, I appreciate that. I, I'm sure Nick does too. I really want to. I really want to spearhead this thing of having cake at these shows from now on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do bring you guys chocolate bars, but I charge you for them. So <laughs> allegedly, allegedly, when they when they make it. <laughs> yeah, yep. yeah. That's a that's a whole other thing. That's a whole other story. Yeah. Yep. So Nick, you said you got one last video you wanted to show. Ah, uh, yeah. I'll uh, I'll just quickly um, put that on then. Well, just just the start of it, so we can pick out who this guy in the red shirt was. <laughs> okay. Is it coming up? Yep. And we see it. All right. I still see him, but he's in the corner there. He's in the corner there. No. Now, if that's his booth, I got the map. Hey, I take credit cards. I got the old one. I take credit cards. Okay. Where are we up to? Sixty dollars. Oh, him. Him. Yeah, I, I, I can't read what it says. Blah, 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 blah. Where's the map? Alan said. You're saying sixty is your cutoff, or you got more to go? Oh, he has a to the show notes. Yeah, see, I have the program guide here. Let's see here if I can find it. It was 120, I think, back then. David Petraeus. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, but it's David Petraeus, according to the map. This model. Okay. He said 60. Did you say 60's your cutoff? No, I didn't say that. Door open good. Yeah, I. 
Yeah, my scan's kind of blurry, but yeah, I think it. Name doesn't ring a bell. But that doesn't say much. I did. The name definitely rings a bell with me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Let's see what. I'm just going to see if I can find his. Yeah, David and Susan Petrius. Let me just share this. This is from the guide. It's a very good. David has a very bad habit. He comes to these fests with a van loaded of cocoa goodies, sells a ton of them at a, at the show, yet goes home again loaded with with a loaded van. <laughs> That'd be him, uh, David yeah, Susan. Right tries. right. I'm not, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right. I'm probably not, but right. Yep, there it is. He also had uh, Dennis Kitz's learning the six eight oh nine cassette yeah. uh, based machine language mm-hmm. learning course there, according to this. But he used to show up at the Coco Fest in Chicago too. Yeah. Yeah. And there's Coco Man. I think it's probably the first appearance of Coco Man in print. It probably is. That's probably my first show. And that's like, like why do you use it? I said it's branding, and it's been branding since like two thousand. You know, well before this, because I used that in the old BBS days, and um, just kind of gone on from there. But yeah, you know, it's, it's now it's branding. Little did you know that you'd be selling us. Little did you know you'd be selling Australian animals. Yeah, I know Australian <laughs> Australian inspired products made in the USA. <laughs> Cocoman.biz. <laughs> anyway, that that was a great trip down memory lane. Um, did you want to say what you're doing these days, Ron? You're you're retired and moved. I think you're not even in Pennsylvania anymore, are you? Yeah, no, I'm no longer in Pennsylvania. I retired and I moved down here to. Uh, uh, North Carolina. Uh, it, it's uh, the name of the town is called Washington. Okay, I live outside the town, but uh, uh, it, it's uh, Washington, North Carolina. If you fo- if you follow the uh, the sound into the Pamlico River and it goes into the Tar River, okay, that's that's where I'm located. Now, have you, have you, you kept up at all with the Cocoa community or? Or you kind of retired from that too? I, Have you uh, kept up with the Coca community at all since you retired from work? No, since I had my heart attack, I <laughs> I kind of fell to the wayside, and then uh, kind of uh, was about a year later, two years later, Paul got a hold of me. Okay, and then we started talking again, and and uh, uh, so you know it reminded me of some of this. You know when you have a heart attack you do forget memory you know and uh so i did anyway and uh <clears throat> so but i try you know if anybody gets in touch with me i try and keep in touch this well feel free to pop on the show anytime you want or even just watch it i mean you can pop in the chat if you want or you can pop on as a guest panelist if there's something interesting to discuss or some other interview like we got a lot of interviews coming up we'll be covering uh, yeah, after the break here but now that i see what you're doing yeah I uh, uh, I don't have a problem with it. It comes up fine on my Linux machine, <laughs> so you know I'm not having any problems. And uh, yeah, I had a great time, you know. And uh, uh, like I said, and I think it came out too a little bit that the success of that particular show was a combined effort, not only with Nick, but as you could even see, even. The people in the audience, people got up and helped string this, the the balloons and the crepe paper and every everybody helped. 
to make that show as successful as it was. And uh, yeah, it puts a lump in my throat, but it, it was the camaraderie is always there. I, I hear it today, even on on this chat. So yeah, I'll be I'll be keeping on here every so often, you know, just to have some fun. Yeah, and then bring bring um, Paul over. Yeah, we'll have yeah, to get the the Skype or the, the Zoom stuff fixed there because I'd love to have him on and have both of you on the same time since you guys are good friends. So yeah, so uh, and we might even let Nick in for that. Who knows? He's coming down here at the end of the month, uh, and he's visiting his daughter and in uh, South Carolina at Myrtle Beach. And then he's going to stop in here and stay a couple of days in here before he heads up. So that's cool. Yeah, if you guys can pop on, just feel free. You're, you're welcome anytime. You've got the connection thing for the Zoom call now. So anytime you want to yeah. pop by. And, I'll, I'll, and, and you're more than welcome to, since this is episode 316, you only have 315 regular episodes to catch up. Catch up. Yeah. I warn you, some of them go up to six hours long. Just, you know. Yeah. yeah. And then there's some special episodes and some night episode. But if you just stick with the street, it's 315. You have, have to make a little, just a little bit of makeup homework. Yeah. <laughs> Something to keep. No, I, 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 w- I actually wouldn't see, I don't suggest su- subjecting yourself to that. But, yeah. Some of the interviews I think are worth it. Like you'd yeah. recognize some of the names and probably some of the people too. Some of them were, you know, exhibitors at, at PenFest. So, some of those interviews you might like to check into, but uh, yeah, we should, we should come up with a, uh, we should come up with like a, you know, kind of a, like an interview playlist. There is one on, on Steve's original uh, site here, but we got to get make an amalgamated one that has all the interviews. Cause some of the interviews we did were even before the show started. Right. Right. Yeah. Now, cause there was the the fellow who did uh, donkey King and sailor man. Yeah. Chris Latham. Chris Latham. That was before the, that was, that was separate from the show, but that's a great interview there. I too. think Rick Adams and Dale Lear, we both did before the show officially started too. If I remember correctly, so, the image producers, that's another one. I think so. I, I didn't pop until episode 36. So. <laughs> and did you watch all 35 previous ones? I listened to them, but they were a lot shorter than <laughs> they've got. It's grown. Well, the community's grown. I mean, when I started coming yeah. back to Coco Fest in 2016 or whatever it was, there was like 60, 70 people showing up. Now we're getting 130 plus several years in a row. Absolutely. It has grown. And that's that's great. It's awesome. I, I It's a must do every year for me now. And uh, I yep, try to so bring here. my brother along when he can. Ron, is that and, something you would consider coming out to Chicago sometime? I don't know. I just, yeah, I live day by day. <laughs> I really don't know my health. Well, just, health. just to put it in your head, if, if you're up to it and, and finances are good and, and you're good enough to travel, the next uh, one in Chicago is in the first week of May. If Grant's still on the call, he can verify that because he's the it's, organizer. It's during, it's during May 4th. I know it's that weekend. Yeah. Well, yeah. if you look at the, if you look up on the screen there, May 3rd to 5th. Okay. Yeah, there the you go. Right above the chat. Okay. Yeah, you have to. Look so, just putting out the invite for you. If you can make it, great. If you can't, I understand. But uh, I would love to have I'll you back at a show. I'll certainly be on more often. <laughs> cool. That was fun. Well, I do have a question for you, Ron. Since yeah. since we still have you here, um, it looks like you're in the laundry room there. Uh, yes. w- what's your favorite brand of fabric softener? <laughs> <laughs> the in-depth <Of> questions. <laughs> Asking the tough this, questions. This, this sounds like a Ron Delvaux question, Jason. That's what it sounds like. Downey. No, that, that would be about WeFax. Downey. Yeah. Downey. Okay, that's my brand. All right. The only the only room in the house that my wife would allow me to have a computer set up in. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, yeah. 
uh, it, it, what used to be the folding table is where I have my computer. <laughs> there you go. So, plus I, the door goes shut and she don't hear me as well. You know. <laughs> at least, at least you're not in there during the spin cycle. <laughs> right, that's right. <laughs> we don't run the machine. <laughs> Well, before we let you go, Ron, I just wanted to go around the panel on 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 the show itself here. See if anybody else has any last questions, and and because there's a delay in the chat of like twenty thirty seconds, if anybody in the chat has any final questions for Ron as well, you can pipe those up as well as, uh, and we'll read them out to Ron here. Um, really but I wanted to thank you any. so much for not only being our guest today, but also for putting on the Pen Fest, especially Pen Fest two thousand, because that was that was one of the highlights of my attending anything from Rainbow Fest to Coco Fest to whatever. You know that that was a that was a big one. I'm glad we could have made it enjoyable. And my part- Unfortunately, I had to meet Nick there. That was the only down. Oh, outside, but, uh, <laughs> I, I I enjoyed it. Like I said, my my first Cocoa event was '99, and then he went had to do, be a vendor at 2000. And uh, I mean, really glad to see you were able to join us. When I saw that you were there for an interview, I was like, great, because people would ask. I said, I have no idea what happened, but I'm glad you were able to make it. That's awesome. Yeah, it was. I think uh, my heart attack I had was uh, in 2011. And uh, they put three stents in, and uh, you know that's that's why I said I I got the heck out of there and closed the shop down. And you know now I went out for a couple of cruises on the boat, you know, out on deep sea fishing, had fun doing that. So, and I'm done helping all all my relatives decided to move down here with me, and so <laughs> I've been busy building. I've been building um, what do you call it? Uh, screened in porches for them okay yeah. so that's all done now so now i'm going to start enjoying you know and uh diane's retired now and and so we decided we're going to go on day trips you know so that's what we'll do there you go awesome enjoy life while you can you know yeah that's why we go to coco fest yep so as, as a vendor back in the late 90s, I know Ron was one of the guys who bought things that he didn't necessarily need to keep us little vendors going. So thank you, sir. We You're quite welcome. That. Yeah, and as I mentioned before, James Jones had really nice words for you about organizing the Pen Fests uh, on Facebook. He, he posted about that. So big thank you from James and, and on behalf of myself and everybody else, too. And yeah. thank you for giving me thank you for giving me the opportunity to uh to uh, help with the uh, PenFest 2000 uh, and, and bringing me over and, uh, yeah, subjecting uh, all those Americans to to me. Yeah. And a special thanks for, for on, on behalf of Nick for sending him back home. Yeah. I think it's a thank, for, thank, thank you from all of us for sending him back to Australia. <laughs> and in case you haven't kept up with that part of the, the Coca community, Nick is still cranking out games. He's uh, just, that was the last one you released. It was Jumping Joey. Jumping Joey. And I do have a, a new one uh, in the pipeline, which I can show later on the game, uh, the game news or whatever. Cool. Yeah. New Troy three. Yeah, we can. We, we'll see that. We'll see that in hour seven of the show. I do believe. You <laughs> 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 got a comment from uh, Alan Murphy in the chat here for you. It says, "Enjoy life while you can." Ron, no bull. He puts in quotes, "bull." That's why we're here still enjoying. That's it. If I didn't enjoy this, I wouldn't do it. That's right. Yeah. So th- thanks for being our special guest. Um, you're you're welcome to hang around on the show if you want to watch the rest of it, or you can just watch it and not have to actually be on it. Or you can actually, you know, 
preserve your sanity and go do normal life stuff. <laughs> you, you you could uh, you could go run a load of towels. No, no, no. no. <laughs> I made sure of that. <laughs> so, Ron, Curtis, if you uh, if if you come across the URL, you said that you could you could look up that stuff. I, I can sh- tell you the URL from when it was um, with Scott. Like I, I can't remember if you stayed on that one particular one the whole time. Uh, let's see, bullsbarn.stg.net. Oh, I was running it through his his uh, website then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the same with mine. My Coco Games page at the exact same time was on his site at that point. Uh, okay. Before that, I think I was on the local free net, but that disappeared. Did you find anything on there? Well, I showed you the brief little bit there, but you can actually go through different time periods and see your, what your site looked like at different times in a, over a couple of years, up to 2001, I think. Wow. If you go to the Wayback Machine, search that on Google, you'll find the Wayback Machine. You can type in that URL, and then you can click on the different calendar links for snapshots of your page from the time. And that's, Unfortunately, that's a lot of the really... picture links and stuff break. They They don't work, but you'll be able to see the text anyway. And that's the Wayback Machine at archive.org? Yep. Yep. Correct. I posted the link earlier. I'll post right. it again. Uh, Mark, you were about to say something to your, and then I, we kind of cut oh. you off. Yeah, I just had a question for Ron. I said, I just wanted to know if he thinks we're crazy. We're up to episode 316. We've basically been doing this like every weekend, except for two or three for the last six years. Wow. <laughs> no, I don't think you're crazy. <laughs> Thank you. You know we're crazy. Yeah. I like to have validation here. It's what we call having fun, you know? You want you want validation, Mark. Okay. Thank You're you. good enough. You're smart enough. And doggone it, people like you. And Thank damn you. It, and damn it, Jason wants cake. I want yep. cake, yes. I I mean, since we don't have uh, the baked goods uh, from uh, from Ms. Brain anymore, we need we need cake at Coco Fest. Get on that, Grant. Yeah. You and by the way, I oh, go ahead, go Ron. You first. Jason, you said you're not far from Pittsburgh. Nope, I'm just I'm just uh just down river uh in Ohio. Yep. He just works about, in Pittsburgh. I actually work in Pittsburgh. I, I in fact I go past where Penfest was held when I go to my eye doctor. Wow. It's not what? a holiday inn anymore. It's a uh it's I think a facility for Robert Morris University, but the building is still there and I think the Denny's is or the Denny's is gone, but the Bob Evans I think is still there too. Well you can slide north and uh stop in a beaver, okay, at that yeah. bakery. And Paul lives in Beaver. Okay. Yep, so I'm familiar with Beaver. Yep. Right where the bakery is. And okay. uh, he'll have the same kind of cake. <laughs> right there on the, I, I know, I know, I know Beaver. I'll actually be up there. I'll be through there uh, uh, later the, this evening. Wow. Uh, heading cool. up to, uh, heading up to uh, Beaver County uh, to meet up, uh, have some dinner with some friends. Yep. Wow. Cool. That's cool. good. And, and Nick Rennies, I've got to get the best quote I've seen in the chat all day here. He's got a new a name for you, the new game you're working on, Newer Troid. Newer Troid. <laughs> <laughs> and apparently, I, I do not have the munchies. I just really like cake there, Coco Living, in the chat. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who, Co- who is Coco Living. I'm not sure. <laughs> Co- Coco Living was the guy that was in the same uh, Coco Club that Ron organized one of those that we talked about at the beginning of the show. I'm trying to remember his name. Uh, just okay. Back. Steve or something? Steve Powell. Steve Powell, okay. yeah. He was in the Air Force with me. 
That's what it sounded like since he was in Clovis, New Mexico. Yeah. Anyway, a big thank you once again to Ron. A uh, big thank you uh, to Nick and Jason for coming on and helping interview and, and bringing back some of the memories from PenFest, et cetera. I've also still got my PenFest 2000 DVD or CD. I can't even remember now, but uh, I don't have a reader for it at the moment, so I can't look at it. Yeah, <laughs> I don't even know if I have one of those. Is that? I can't remember where even where I got this from, to be honest. I should actually take a look to see if there's any oh, hidden stuff in there that I'm not sure of. Yeah, that might be the uh, souvenir CD. Oh, maybe I do have I that. I think I might have that. I think I, I think I think I I think I do have it. Has like the pen fest like etched on the actual CD itself. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I yeah. have that, and uh, yeah, I can I can help you out with that, uh, Curtis. But anyway, okay, we should actually bring one of those down to Coco Fest in Chicago because a lot of people haven't seen you know pen fest before. That yeah, has a lot of cool stuff. Copies. In it. Make copies. Yeah, we have to send one to you because you lost all your stuff, Ron. So we we'll have to send you a copy. Yeah, I, I, I think I literally have it backed up on my Google Drive or something. So, we'll... oh, yeah. yeah. Now instead of a thirty-five gig hard drive, I have a five hundred gig. So I have plenty of room for all them pictures. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I still have optical drives, but then again, I still have floppy drives too. Yeah, I got floppies, but I don't yeah. have any of my opticals work. Well, yeah, actually, I guess I have a laptop of my. Everyone Wait, did someone say floppy drive? Did someone say floppy drive? Go back drive? to sleep, David. Uh, it's okay, David. Up. Go back to sleep. Come on, wake up, David. Yeah, wake up, David. <laughs> All right. This, Look, this has been awesome, though, but uh, uh, it's tough. Yeah. yeah. Definitely got to come back on, Ron. Yeah. Look, yeah. You and Paul should come on as a duet when, you, when, you, when, you, when he's visiting you or something. You guys should both come on at the same time. Yes. Yeah. Not a problem. Uh, uh, he, he, can sit on, he can sit on top of the washing machine, maybe? Is there, is there enough room? <laughs> Get a massage from the spin cycle? <laughs> uh, I'm not going to make a comment. I was about I, I just, to. That's, that's a good I'm thing, David. I'm just getting David. all kinds of mileage out David. of the laundry room. I can't help it. Yeah. I've been... <laughs> yeah. Anyway, as I said, you, you're welcome to hang around for the rest of the show if you want. Actually, on the air if you want. And you know, jump in on the stories or you can listen to it or, or have a normal life. I, your I'll choice is yours. I'm going to go get me something to eat now. I'll come back again. When you're going to be on every week? It, we are every week, starting at 2 p.m. Eastern on Saturdays. Yeah. 2 p.m. Eastern Saturdays. Okay, got it. And you can and watch you us on Twitch, Saturdays. Facebook, or YouTube. And you yeah. can watch us later on Twitch or YouTube. Um, yep. Always on uh, on that uh, other one that I just was introduced to. Um, oh, what's it called? Uh, Coco Crew, maybe or Discord. Oh, yeah, Discord, Discord, yeah. See, I never used it before I got a hold of you. <laughs> There's lots of discussions on there. If you want to really keep up with us on the community on a daily basis or hourly basis versus a weekly one like our show, then that's the place to be. Well, I like I like the fact that if you send something, they get it. You know what I mean? It's a mm -hmm. yep. Then you can send pictures, videos, source code, disk images, whatever. Yeah. Well, I think you going on the emulators again here. You can you can itch your uh, your your OS nine itch, or you can scratch your OS nine itch there because you can just fire up an emulator and run the you know Nitrous nine or OS nine or whatever. Yeah, that's lots of help. You that's can even run it under Linux. There's there's multiple uh, emulators that run on Linux too. So yep, yep. that's I, I got Wine installed, and uh, so yeah, I'm gonna uh, get those things. Try and get those things up and running. Yeah, you don't even need Wine. Like Xra runs natively on Linux. In fact, it's developed under Linux. VCC port. Yep. Yep. OVCC. Mm -hmm. And MAME. Yeah, yeah, I was about to say, don't forget MAME. 
Yeah. Yeah, all of them. All okay. right. I'll, I'll call it a good evening then. Okay. Okay. All Thanks right. again for coming Thanks. on. Okay. Right. No problem. Bye. The Coco Nation Show is an unscripted, live, and interactive broadcast. Anything can and will happen. The views and opinions expressed by members of the panel and the live audience are their own, and not necessarily those of the Coco Nation Show, its sponsors, affiliates, or subsidiaries. Open minds are encouraged, and a sense of humor is recommended. Thank you for being a part of the Coco Nation. Hey, Amy. Hey, The Coco Nation Show would like to thank the following patrons. Alex Gare, Brendan Donahue, Brian Walsh, Brian Weasler, Karen Ascom, Daddy Burrito, Diego BF109, Dinty's Hideaway, Don Barber, Eric Canales, Glenn Hewlett, Grant Leedy, John, Boat of Car Schaller, Henry Strickland, Justin Larson, Ken Reichard, Mike Rayburn, Patrick Euland, Paul Fiscarelli, Paul Shoemaker, R. Allen Murphy, Retro Tech Time, Rob Inman, Rocky Hill, Steve Batson, Terry Stege, Tom C., Tom Gunderson, Tom S., Tony C., and William Athing. Thank you so much, patrons. Welcome to everybody's favorite segment, Who's New to Discord? Mudman says, Hey, I'm Dan, another maker on YouTube. I'm fixing a few Cocos and thought I'd see what the experts have to say. Right now I have two Coco 2s and two Coco 3s that are my projects. I started off with the Tandy 1000EX, and when I would go into Radio Shack I was always jealous of how much cheaper things were for the color computer. Especially when they started clearing them out. Draconiator says, Hey there, been looking for TRS-80 people, because I'm working on a project. With chat GPT even. I'm pretty much a retro hobbyist, and pretty much have so many projects going I lost count, lol. Justin. Last name you ain't getting. Ha. Grant Daly says, Hi. I spent many years playing with and programming my models 3 and 4 and Coco 2. I got caught up in PC land and drifted away from the hobby until recently when I had time on my hands due to illness. I'm a licensed automotive technician specializing in onboard electronic systems and I spent several years as a field service technician for automotive diagnostic equipment, so there's a bunch of overlap in my interests. The previous bios were edited for time. Thanks to, Boysen, Glenside Computer Club, Paul Fiscarelli, Paul Shoemaker, Tandy Color Computer 3, and the Coco Nation patrons for boosting the server. Please consider joining Discord and visiting the welcome section to read these bios in full and see what the community has to offer. Just go to discord.thecoconation.com. See you on Discord! 
And we're back. Next up, a uh, session of Brian. What do you got this week? <laughs> right. You know, we, oh. we, we need to give you get you your own theme song and stuff. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I thought about that. Uh, first of all, I just want to say, uh, yeah, I am kind of joining the show late. I was taking care of some things though, but I was listening uh, to the show, and wow, what a just a bunch of wonderful memories. Excellent interview. Just uh, really awesome. Like. Some of the spots kind of gave actually gave me kind of goosebumps just thinking about all the stuff you guys were doing back then. So really cool, really cool. I really enjoyed it. I'm sure others did as well. If they're still um, awake, yeah. If they're still awake, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, yeah. The first thing I got here, you guys have seen these before, but it was uh, I came across one, and uh, uh, let me turn the camera on, and you'll see what I'm talking about. I just I find them really cool just because of what it is. So let's go here. And bingo. <clears throat> there we go. So you guys have seen the, the Coco 3, the, the black one, right? Um, that was supposed to be the one intended for the... Uh, deluxe. Uh, for deluxe, the, yeah. Yep. And so that was going to be the uh, the, the uh, deluxe. This one here is, uh, is not in the bag because uh, Radio Shack I, was selling these as kind of just a component back in their parts area. What was kind of nice about this find here is that it had this one, but it also came with this one. So it actually did come with one that was in a bag with the original staples. So it still has the original Tandy Air inside of it there from uh, from uh, from way back when. So, <laughs> but, special uh, purchase. <laughs> yeah, special purchase there. So yeah, they uh, and they sold, sold for what five bucks. Yeah, four dollars and ninety-five cents. So. Oh my goodness! <laughs> they don't. Uh, they don't go on uh, eBay for four dollars and ninety-five cents anymore. Oh, I'm sure they don't. <laughs> Not be that much per key, <laughs> right? <laughs> so that was kind of a yeah. So I got the both of these as a as a single sale there. So that was uh. Yeah. I kind of like you do. Was, you do remember where these came from? You just didn't find these laying around like behind the fridge or something? No. Yeah. No. Just yeah. Stumbled across them moving house looking for a box of crackers and I came across these here and yep. So, but uh, no, <laughs> no, that was the first thing I wanted to share with you guys. <clears throat> um, the other thing, uh, I tell you what, I'm really kind of excited. I, I hope that David's project uh, really continues. Um, a few weeks ago I showed, uh, or I was sharing uh, my uh, uh, Sega uh, light phaser guns um, and playing the, the, the games that went with it. Um, and uh, I come to find out I had two guns and one of them doesn't work. I'm going to have to try to see if I can't tear it apart. But uh, um, just just for folks to, that, that might be interested in doing this when David gets his project done, these are very accessible on oh, eBay. Yeah. And they're not, they're not expensive at all. So um, I hope David's project goes well and we can get a lot of these in people's hands and uh, be some, playing some other games and stuff. So I just wanted to share. I mean, this was, uh, I think I paid $20 for this and well, I think it was like $5 shipping or something like that. It's not, well, not how the price is going to go up. Well, I'm glad I already have mine. I have several of those <laughs> yeah, in gee, my thanks, collection. Brian, right? so. <laughs> I, just need, I just need the adapter, but uh, yeah, because right. I have, that's, that was originally for the Sega Master System. So uh, yeah, mm -hmm. I, I yeah. just, yeah, good stuff. So this one's, I mean, it's super clean. I mean, you do have to kind of look at them a little close. Um, some of the things that I was looking when I was looking at them on eBay is like uh, the, these screws are really small. And I mean, if it works, it's not a big deal. But if you had to take it apart, I was noticing a lot of these. I don't know if it's just over time. Just you could see rust where the screws were actually rusted in here. And so that would make it very difficult to get it apart, though. But and then the other thing that you'll see a lot of 
And I'm not sure why, if it's because they get dropped, but this piece is missing on a lot of the guns. And I'm not sure if it impacts the functionality. I don't think it really does anything. It's just decorative, but I don't know. That must have been a common thing that broke if they people dropped them. And like a like a peanut butter sandwich, it's always going to land peanut butter, peanut butter side down. Maybe this always lands on that side, but uh, I don't know. Now, but a lot first of them cake, now sandwiches. That's right. <laughs> right. <laughs> So I wanted to I wanted to share that one there. <clears throat> um, a couple of weeks ago, I was showing uh, this light pin. It's a left hand. Oh, yep, yep. So I showed you guys this light pin here that uh, that was available. Well, and uh, barring any snickers that might come from uh, from folks here, um, our friends over <laughs> the pond made this one. It was it the snickers. Approach. Oh, really? no, Snicker, Snicker as in as in the brand name because of the brand name. Anyway, oh, uh, I was, was thinking the, like of the uh, candy bar. Oh. <laughs> so this was the Trojan light pen that was made for the Dragon 32. And I thought it was kind of cool because they, they put it in a uh, VCR case, which is kind of neat. They sold some of their software that way, too. Oh, did they? OK. Yeah. Well, that's so you can sneak it right into your uh, VHS collection unnoticed. <laughs> All right. <laughs> And this one's like super clean. I don't know if it was ever really used or anything, but uh, it came with the cassette. It had this nice little uh, like foam cutout in there, so it made for some nice packaging. And uh, so there was a software that was for it here. It was on a cassette here. Um, the instructions where's Cuth- are... Where's Cuthbert? Right. Where's what? Cuthbert. Mask for the set. dragon. Oh, <laughs> Cuthbert and the light pen. So it has this nice little menu that basically was the insert of the uh, of the label there. Talks about the loading instructions. I haven't had a chance to play with this one yet at all. But um, oh, that's going to be weird with the software work with NTSC or is it PAL? Right, so I'll have to check it out. And I mean, this is literally a a pen. Um, you can see where the ball point here would have came out of it. And I mean, this is literally a pen, you know, this would have been where your clicker would have been. And so I haven't taken it apart. I'm not sure if it even does come apart. Just stuck Uh, a sensor in it and screwed it all together. Yep. So, I mean, this is a really small hole compared to, uh, this other one here. Not sure if you can see the difference there, but I mean, this is a pretty good size hole and this would be, well, you know how the tip of a a pen, how big that is. So, So, yeah, <clears throat> that was one that was uh, sold by, I'm uh, not sure what the company was, but Trojan, I guess, is the name of the company. Yeah, Trojan Light Pen. <laughs> by the way, Sixy, who's from the UK, where the, the dragon's from, Kieran, he says, uh, you get to try the awful Trojan software. <clears throat> so be forewarned, apparently it's not very oh, cool. good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, now when you have a piece of Trojan software, that's a bad thing. Well, saying the same thing back then. <laughs> oh well, bad in a different way. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I guess after they did the light pin, they went on to uh, other right, products. Right, <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> malware. <laughs> um, I do got one here for uh, for Nick, and I I hope this is not the wrong one, and because uh, I know there was uh, some I don't know concern. This is actually has a serial number on it. Uh, Nick Marentes, um this one here is the, is the Pac-Man. I had came across this one here, and it actually says serial number 0006. Was this one that you did, or was this the other? 
That's probably when Nick did, because Nick did put serial numbers on there. In fact, I think he has a spreadsheet with everybody okay. who bought it. Okay. I'm going to have to figure out. I'm going to have to find out which serial number mine is then. Yeah, mine's much higher than that. Mine was. Yeah, what's, what's the serial number? <laughs> <laughs> Nick, are you I, still on? Uh, maybe you stepped away for a moment. I think I bought mine at a, at a pen fest. I don't remember which one. You're interrupting his nap. Oh, yeah. he, he went to go have a Vegemite sandwich, maybe. Vegemite sandwich? Okay. Yeah, it just says, uh, you know, for the Tandy Color Computer 3, 6809 programming by Nick, Nicholas Morentes. So, Ooh, yeah. bless. Yeah, because that's the exact same packaging, exact same yellow disc label with the instructions printed on that I have in mind. Okay. Yeah. I thought at one time, uh, wasn't there a company that was reselling his or something? There was something. I don't remember the whole. I think Jim Not, Davis was kind of a distributor, wasn't he? I think he was the his American distributor, but I, there were I know there was an issue with like um, Donut Dilemma was being distributed over here. Well, Tom um, Mix was selling it because they didn't know where it came from. Yeah, they were distributing, but they didn't. He didn't know about it till later. And, and then it showed up, and then it's, it ended up on an issue of T and D too. And uh, yeah. okay, Maybe it was the Donut Dilemma one. Yeah, that that was a that was a bit of a snafu, I guess. But yeah, there was another Australian company that basically sold the rights to Tom Mix without Nick even knowing about it. Maybe that's American distribution, up, and then Tomic yeah. stopped once Nick, I think, let him know that you know I didn't give permission for this. Uh, I don't know. It still ended up on T and D software when they got all those <laughs> Tom Mix ones. So yeah, it was on an issue of that too. Um. Oh, maybe about a year ago, I showed this cartridge that I had, and um, as I've been kind of slowly sorting through stuff and uh, getting things all into into individual bags and everything, um. You guys, I shared this here. This was the that Star Blaster cartridge. Yeah. Microworks uh, only game. <laughs> okay. Yep. They normally made editor assemblers and sold disk drives and stuff or something like that. As I was going through my box there, I came across the uh, the manual for it. It wasn't paired up with it at the time. So um, Cool. So, is that on the archive? Uh, I'm not sure. I don't think it is. That may be a good one to put on. So it's just, it's, just, uh, it's folded over in half probably for size, but it has just the Simple instructions there. I found these nice Ziploc bags, uh, um, probably about similar to the ones that were used back in the day. But uh, I've been, as I've been pairing up software with uh, um, with the floppy disk or the cartridge, or whatever that I have, if I don't have a, a box for it, or well, back in the day, it would have came like this. I've been trying to get everything all paired up and everything together. So that I came across that one. Yes, it is on the archive. Okay. Oh, cool. cool. Um, another one here, I was just going to, a couple more, I was just going to show that I thought were kind of interesting here. Uh, blockhead. <laughs> I don't know why the name is kind of, kind of, uh, kind of cracks me up, but, uh, but that's timely. Uh, Cause it's another cube work clone. We're playing one right now in the game on challenge. Yeah. I just thought it was, it, it was a cassette based game. And then another one that we've all seen before too, that I, I don't know, color feed. I like that one. Yeah. That was Intercow's very first Coco game. Okay. Nice. And then uh, one other thing I wanted to kind of kind of show, and is uh, David Ladd, are you still awake? David Ladd. Calling David Ladd. Pre-Dr. Pepper. Sorry, was having a conversation here. What's ah. up? Okay, I got something I wanted to show, and I was kind of hoping to get your input on it. Okay, I'm wait. Dyson. Oh, oh, is that the Dyson floppy disks? Well, let's find out. <laughs> if it's the Dyson floppy disk I want, oh, we need me. to make copies of it. Sorry, Kevin. Is the alignment so, discs you're talking about? 
Yeah. Well, the gre- I'm yeah. hoping so. Will the grease weasel uh, be able to reproduce that? No, but that that would be good for someone that has an oscilloscope that needs to align a floppy disk. Or if right. they have the uh, JDOS <clears throat> 1.3, I think, actually has the memory minder software built in the ROM. It's a 16K ROM. So if you have a JNM disk controller with the uh, the later JDOS, you actually will have the software to drive that thing. So here's the manual for it. I think this might answer David's question. Does this look familiar at all? Ooh. <laughs> well, the device, no. Most of the stuff that I'd seen for people doing alignments, you had a disk mm-hmm. and you used an oscilloscope okay. to align the, the drive. Align the disk but- here. I haven't had a chance to dig into this though, but uh, it does come with the uh, with the device here itself. Yeah, you're lucky. Oh, there we go. Sorry, as I'm bouncing it around. Yes, so it has the different interface connectors here. Um, I'm assuming that, that you press the buttons here to put the right mode in. It has the power adapter, and then it has all these different. Uh, got a cable connector and some other cables here i'm assuming depending on what you're connecting to and from what i briefly read i mean like i said it's a way for be able to diagnose and uh, and align it but i'm assuming that on the display here it would tell you you know whether you're positive or negative and you know to move the to move the head one way or the other yeah i would think it would just drive the uh, drive but you still needed the oscilloscope to take the readings off the head okay i have a yeah, spare I, I, kidney I, I, you want to trade <laughs> What's that? Oh, sorry. I have I a spare. I have a spare kidney. Do you want to trade? Do you want to trade? Right. <laughs> I don't know. Just, I hope. I hope David Ladd doesn't have your home address because. Uh, so, so I think in the box you actually had one of the alignment discs. Right. Yes, just the so, alignment discs are expensive. So yeah, those are rare. Talk about the hardware. Just yeah, the I was I was trying to get the Dyson floppy discs a while back, and it was like. Almost a hundred dollars for still in a, a sealed discs because those things you just can't can't easily reproduce. You can't reproduce them. You have right. they are specially made with a cylindrical, um, slowly working outwards from the center. So, yeah. So, so this is the two discs that were in here. This one says a uh, uh, test drive uh, three point one. This is one that they someone must have made. And then this was the uh, digital diagnostic disc. I'm not sure if there's anything special on it. I haven't tried the disc out yet. Well, it's not going to have a format on it. Right. It's, but I mean, as far as this, I mean, actually try this. I haven't tried this out, I guess. Okay. Oh, right. That's what I'm saying. But the so. diagnostic disc is so precisely laid out, you can't create it with a floppy drive. So that is thing one- you're holding is, is old. <laughs> The trick. That's that's the key to the whole biscuit here. Would it's one on of the, those uh would one of those disc duplicators where it doesn't care what it's copying? No, 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 no. because okay. all the errors that that disc duplicator has built into it would be put on that drive. Okay, yes. and because, no, not because the, tracks. The, yeah, because a floppy disk is based on tracks where the Dyson disk does a spiral outward. Okay. And you can't uh, no floppy drive can recreate it unless you hack the drive to produce you know it slowly you know right does a spiral but yeah there's otherwise there's no way you can create one of those or duplicate it yeah so on the on all the tandy machines um 
you had the diagnostics in the uh, native OS and you just use that to uh, uh, align, you know, you, you ran that with the oscilloscope, but the like the models one, three, four color computer, you all had uh, software you ran to put the, the drive in the proper uh, proper positions to read the uh, different tracks. Yeah, so, for me, so like I always prepare- put the disc on track seventeen, and I move the head one way, then I move the head the other way. And the points where you were not able to read the track anymore, you'd move it to the exact center between those two failure points, and that would be the center. Peaking. So so this box would uh, essentially replace whatever computer your drive ran. So you could do do the repairs on the drive standalone. Okay. Independent of any other computer. You can read out every result here. This is very cool. That's that. Cool. That's definitely would be a good thing for somebody that's trying to repair floppy drives or at least align them. So don't lose that device. <laughs> <laughs> don't lose that alignment disc in particular because those are really hard to get. Well, and the thing that I was kind of, I mean, obviously you're going to want to make sure that you have a drive that you know the heads are clean and everything else and stuff. Because I mean, if you have a you know some gunk on the drive heads or something like that, you put that uh, alignment yeah, disc in there, you it, can yeah. scratch Direct it, and your SOL too. So yeah. Well, yeah, that's one of the things that usually I always recommend someone do is use a uh, a clean floppy disk that has no marks on it and then clean a floppy drive, then use that disk, the, the test disk, to stick in it and step through all the tracks to check that disk after you pull it out to see if it's been scratched. Because okay. if a head's been damaged... You don't want to put one of those Dyson discs into a drive that has a damaged head. <laughs> right. So try right. to format a blank disc or something and see if it screws it up. Right. Because right. last I knew, those Dyson discs are not even being produced anymore. And finding one is is now a, appears to be impossible. Because the last time I saw one, I didn't have the 100 bucks available to buy it. And I haven't seen it show up again for the last three years. Now, now isn't Dyson, don't they make vacuum cleaners now? Wrong Dyson. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, no, I, I, I um, Ooh, wanted to share this here. I thought, I know David would uh, would appreciate this one. So, Oh, would I? Oh, yeah. <laughs> he would appreciate it. Yes, he He's would. been camping on your doorstep now, Brian, is what we're trying to tell you. Put some stamps. Just tell me He's going out to start the car right now. He'll be there in a few hours. <laughs> oh, no. It'll be about an hour and a half for two hours. Although, I, if, if I break a few speed limit laws, I could be there sooner. <laughs> don't uh, don't kill the squirrels in the engine of your car. Oh, wait a minute. There's somebody knocking at the front door right now. Oh, right, right. No, <laughs> Could that be David Ladd already? No. Does he have a bright shirt? <laughs> yeah, the, the, uh, the Dyson PAT-2 Plus. I'm not sure what all. I'm sure they probably made other. But uh, I kind of like the front of it. Precision Magnetic Media. So that was kind of. Right. So. Don't stick it on the fridge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I think that was all I was really show. I got a few other things here, but I can. Uh, uh, wait for for another day there to uh, to share a few more things there, but uh, yeah, there's one to, a couple things that I was uh, as I was working through uh, 
through some stuff there I came across and thought maybe I'd share with the group. Cool. Yeah, you definitely got some rare stuff there, so. You got David excited. Right. <laughs> Woke him up. Give me, give me half a sec to get back. Oh, oh. yeah, you definitely <laughs> woke me up. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> be David back again. <laughs> now suddenly I feel a little uncomfortable. <laughs> that, that's, I would. That's, that's a usual feeling with David. Yeah. Oh, I feel sick. I was going to, Nick, I showed something. I think maybe you might have stepped away to get a Vegemite sandwich, I think is what I was Yeah, calling. yeah, I, I did. <laughs> um, I showed this here just a little bit ago. Oh, hang on. I'll have a turn around and have a look. Oh, yeah, my Pac-Man, the way I, oh. I used to sell it. Uh, serial number six. They it's said, funny, oh, if you still wow. have your spreadsheets, you could tell who actually bought that originally. Mm, actually, who does it belong yeah. to? Actually, that that one was missing from the warehouse. Um, <laughs> how do we know where it went? <laughs> it went missing at the PenFest table. I don't know what happened. Hey, hey, Brian showed up. I wish I could have been there for some of those. They sound like an awful lot of fun. Registered to David Ladd. <laughs> <laughs> if only that was true. Right. I gotta find what number mine is now. Mine's much higher than six. Okay. Sounds about like my, my Steve Ostrom. Okay. Yep. Yep. That, that was that big, familiar. huge collection you bought, wasn't it? Yep. That would make that would make perfect sense because that was in with the group of stuff. So yep. I believe David Ladd's okay. this serial number is serial number. Ooh. Purchased on the 12th of the 16th, 97. That sounds like a uh, board at the uh, PenFest um, 99, 97. Okay. Mm, cool. Well, we, so he, we saw he, a picture he, of that table. So he probably would have yeah. attended that then. Yeah, yeah. So he would have bought it there. Very cool. We might have seen his picture go by actually when we we're going through some of the old photos from Alan. Then yeah. I don't know what Steve Austin looks like though. That's um, I, I do have a shirt. I it's a guy. A, yeah, I mean, no, we figured out that that's David Petraeus. I do have a picture of him. Um, I think of uh, of Steve. Someone's going to have to go back to. I remember he was active on the the Fidonet echoes. I used to talk yeah. to him on there on occasion, but I don't know if I ever met him at Coco Fest or not. Yeah, that name definitely sounds familiar though. Uh, let's see here. Um, hmm. Am I, mind you, I'm not sure I would have recognized Ron nowadays compared to 2000 either. So, <laughs> right. Oh, oh, where's my folder at? Oh, forgive me, guys. I thought I had, uh, had, uh, had the folder right where I thought it was, but I'm not, uh, I'm not seeing it. Um, is it where'd, where'd it go? Here's an inter interesting statistic. Serial number one of Pac-Man went to Paul Shoemaker. Oh, okay. Wow. In, yeah. So Paul Shoemaker has uh, number one. There you go. Yeah, I don't remember mine. I'd have to dig up the disco, but it was much. It was in the two-digit range. Sorry. It was. Yeah, it was number thirty-two. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know. Okay, here we go. I can uh let's see here. I think I can I don't want to do this here. Whoops. 
There we are. Well, where am I at here? You We're seeing your table again. Yep. Okay. Let's see here. Um, why is that not? Oh, I see what it's doing here. <laughs> no. I'm sure you've seen this one. Why? Why Pretty can't sure. I? Oh, here we go. Okay, here we go. Okay, so now let me uh, let me go ahead and share a screen here real quick. And there we go. That's uh, that's Steve. If anybody feels he looks familiar, yeah, the, I I wouldn't recognize him from that picture. Like if he looked quite a bit different mm -hmm. right. before or not. Um. Let's see here. Just this is some stuff I was going to put together for you guys, but uh, I can show this here. Let's see here. Does this come across? Does that picture come through? We're still seeing Steve right now. Okay. Let me uh, let me do this here. Why is this? Uh, stop sharing. Okay. There we go. And share screen. There we go. I can share this here just so you guys have. There we go. Yep. Is that, is that coming through? Yeah. Oh, is that the is that it's the back of your semi trailer? <laughs> no, but that that is the lot that we talk about. That's so, definitely a lot. Yeah, it's a lot of a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so, but uh, yeah. Wow. Still working through it all. I have a nice place you can store that. Yeah. <laughs> right. I'll help, especially with a, with a couple of those dragons and right. <clears throat> How about multi packs? I need multi packs. Need multi packs? He needs. Uh, no, I'm kidding. But string up. Got any eight or sixteen slot ones in there? <laughs> eight or sixteen. <laughs> eight or sixteen <laughs> slot. Yeah. I know there were some five and six slot ones sold in Rainbow in eighty two, eighty three. Yep. I, I have a couple of versions of those. Yep. That I've uh, that I've shared. Yeah, there was a uh, very interesting. Hmm. Oh, there's the gate crasher. Yeah, I can't find my Pac Man, but I found my gate crasher. At least I can't find it quickly anyway. But there's the uh, gate crasher floppy. Hmm. Yeah, and that first went on sale at PenFest, as we found out there. But yeah, that was PenFest, yeah. Yeah, I bought my Pac-Man at pa PenFest, but that was later. So I probably have a higher serial number, too. This doesn't have a serial number, Nick. What the no, heck? No, no. I only did it in the Pac-Man, and I thought that. No. <laughs> <laughs> too much to get even, even a yellow slip of paper in here. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Gatecrasher has been 12 months in the making. Okay. Yeah, there's a, a whole whole thing there. But uh yeah. Yep. There's a lot of there's a lot of words down here too. <laughs> <laughs> but they're spelled funny with U's. Yeah, there's probably extra U's and stuff in there, yeah. It's hard to read because <laughs> it's in Australian. <laughs> Crikey, in it. Oh, I'm no, that's why. Now that's it's better. better. There we go. <laughs> I do remember uh, one other thing I was going to share with you guys. I forgot. I just looked down and I, I had it setting down here because um, I, I was kind of looking for some other stuff there because of the whole theme of the different input devices, you know, rather than just the joystick and stuff. And I have to uh, share your screen again there, Mark. Oh, yeah. If I can get this <laughs> mouse to work right. There we go. There we go. Anybody ever seen? Whoops. Let me back out just a little bit here. Oh, the bio detector. Yeah, so I thought that was kind of interesting. It comes with the, this manual here. Um, I think I might have the software. I'm trying to find it, though. I, I haven't come across it yet, though. But It might even be in the archive. I thought I saw it there. At some point. It, it, it may be in there. But the idea was that you're supposed to be able to like 
somehow read the rhythm, your heart you know, rate or whatever. Heart, like right. yeah. And you're Skin. supposed to be able to train yourself to calm your mind and relax and stuff right. like that. But I thought it'd be a good way to train yourself to like, you know, fake your way through a lie detector test. <laughs> right. right. There you go. That sounds like but a it, Mythbusters episode there. But essentially, yeah, you would, uh, you'd line this up with your fingers right here and then you would wrap it around as you can kind of see here in the picture is what I think you're, you're trying to do. So it is just the galvanic skin response thing. Right. Yeah. It even came with a game where you're supposed to train yourself to do it too. If I remember. Like you go up and down. And what you did is you just tensed your fingers and that would reproduce the effect. Oh, there you go. You can play the game really well. Yeah. See, I'm good at this. My mind, man, my mind. <laughs> I'm playing the game with my mind. <laughs> well, you guys remember the uh, what was that movie? Uh, Brainstorm. Remember that that movie from back in the day? It was called Brainstorm. And uh, they were developing this helmet that was supposed to be able to read your your thoughts and actually yeah. visualize. I mean, as you it could like see the pictures in your mind, and we would record everything. Please don't put it, one of those on David Ladd. <laughs> <laughs> and when you played it, they find it disturbing. You would oh, experience uh, the, the sights and the sounds and the smells and everything as if you were right there. Um, but but then obviously, like a lot of things that got used for the military and they were kind of circling around, they were then trying to get it so pilots could fly the plane by just using their brain waves and stuff like that. Actually, ironically enough, though, they actually have progressed in that, that they actually can read some video images from your brain now directly. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Let's keep that away from David Ladd again. Yeah. Well, it'd be pretty easy to just be floppy drives and stuff. So that's uh... are they RGB or composite? <laughs> <laughs> but that is kind of interesting. Need a skirt. Though. What you said, of... though, if you could, if you could actually kind of you know, figure out some way of, you know, uh, if you could become good enough with, uh, you know, either thinking or whatever, because this plugs into the joystick port. So. Right. Yeah. Uh, Maybe that might make for an interesting game on challenge. Actually, playing the playing a game with, uh, um, I'm not. Of course, it, I guess it depends on whether it's the uh, the X or the Y axis that it's actually reading, or maybe it's reading both. I'm not sure. Yeah, that I don't remember, but I do remember they had a little game that you would you play against using that. And then there was just demo programs as well. Right. So don't let David try it. He probably won't put user on his finger. Jeez. Oh, God. Uh, well, good night, everybody. Very bad news. Nick will be on later today with After Dark. Oh, wait a minute. Right, let me bring out the Trojan <laughs> not, again not, here. Like, the so. Trojan <laughs> light pan. I really hope you're talking about his big toe. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, anyway. His nose. His nose. <laughs> Yeah, that was an odd one. I remember seeing those at, at that Rainbow Fest on occasion, but it was just something I was never interested in. Right. It was just interesting. I just I, I was always kind of fascinated with this stuff because it was the idea that you had this input device and being able to have different forms of analog input, you know, into the uh into the computer. I've always kind of thought that was interesting. So, right. that is so some of these here, whether it's like and, and multiple eight bit computers back in the day had the same thing. I remember seeing these on Vic twenties, C sixty fours. I can't remember if I saw one on the Atari or not, but a few people around here had those two brother machines. Yeah, I'm just very interested in some of that stuff rather than just the joystick. You know, you got this bio detector, you got light pens, we got this, uh, the, the, the phaser gun and just other forms of uh, analog input uh, into the computer. I just, I've right. always kind of found that very interesting. So, okay. That's unusual. That, whoops, wrong button there. Sorry, guys. That is all I have to share. 
today. Okay. Thanks, Thanks for everybody's input. One hour. So it was a light One day. One hour for short. You. <laughs> a light yeah. day. For me, right? Light day. <laughs> now, coming up in hour eight of the program, we have. Oh, now we get the news, which actually is not that big either. So actually, next up, we have the game on results. Encore, encore. We want. And more. there's a kitty. You ready? Yeah. You ready? Crawling over uh, the keyboard. Yeah, actually, I got to do that. I got to do this differently today. Uh, okay. Start now you're gonna play it. You're gonna play the video on your end, Sloopy. He's still here, Sloopy. Now with less mute. Ah, there we go. <laughs> Uh, okay, here we go. Welcome to the Game On Challenge. Oh, high score. Let's see here. Uh, we want to go here, share this, share, and we played Hubert, Hubit, Newbert, one of them, or both, and Hubit by Micro Products. I never got a satisfactory act, uh, answer about the whole Qubit uh, slash Newberg thing. But we uh, played them both with 14 players. In 14th position, we had Mark B with 10,850. 13th was Canadian Retro Things with 11,400. 12th was Sabhead with 12,050. 11th was Mr. Dave 6309 with 12,850. 10th was Flutterball with 13,350. 9th was Jim Rye with 13,650. 8th was Ed Rhodes with 14,350. 7th was me with 17,600. 6th was that Professional Canadian game player L. Curtis Boyle with 21,300. Fifth was Margot, uh, 8 bits in the basements. I, I'm sorry, I don't remember if it's his wife or daughter. My apologies. With 20 family member. Yes, family member. <laughs> with 23,200. Coconut Bob with 23,950. Louie with 8 bits in the basement's family member with 24,400. <laughs> I do believe Louis is his son, but I could be, yes. Yes, Margot is uh, 8 bits in the basement's daughter. My apologies. I I don't have the um, the program, so I can't tell the players apart. I'm sorry. And then we have 8 bits in the basement <laughs> themselves with 34,950. And the number one Pilot. <laughs> Pilot. <laughs> I knew I forgot to change something. <laughs> yes. Pilot. The, the Q Pilot, like the truck stop? Yeah, the Q Pump stop pilot. Pilot himself 
um, was uh, is actually a giant mech suit, like a Gundam suit. <laughs> Nick, you're right. I actually uh, used the uh, Popstar pilot uh, when I did that score list. I used the source and edited it for this. <laughs> so, the number one uh, Hubert uh, triangle jumping uh, maniac is Pazman with 58,050 points. Thanks for playing. And let's see here. We can stop sharing because no one needs to look at me. Um, that, yeah, definitely. I don't, unfortunately, have any references because I only just found out that I was going to be doing it. And, unfortunately, I, uh, yeah. So, on to uh, strategies, hints, and tips. Tips and tricks. I actually like the the original one better than the uh, Newbert one. Yeah, my my first tip and trick would be to play Cubit, not Newbert. Newbert is slower, though. I mean, it, it's a bit more buggy. But uh, if 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 Cubit is too fast for you, then Newbert might be a better. Fit. Yeah, because I mean, the, there is a one question that that brings up: Could um, Newbert be possibly a uh, early uh, beta uh, version that was released or leaked? Nope. Nope. Okay. For Mike himself, nope. That was a hack job somebody did, which is why the title screen's all screwed up and stuff. That uh, yeah, there was whoever broke the protection basically didn't properly do it fully and had some errors left in the program. Ah, but Qubit's actually what it was sold under because I actually did find a Rainbow. Uh, I don't think he actually had ads in Rainbow, but he had re- Rainbow received and certified that one where they certified the product existed, and it got certified in one of the Rainbows. So. Yeah. That's what it was sold as Qubit, not not Newbert. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. Whoever used the set the uh, second rate cut rate hacker for uh, cracking it needs to be smacked around with a wet trout. But <laughs> well, yeah, don't did... don't sugarcoat it now. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it seemed kind of fishy that comment, but. Uh, I I did notice that I wasn't able to get the the uh, the snake coily to jump off the side when I was playing Cubit. I mean, I would wait until he was almost on top of me before I'd jump on the disc, and he still would follow me up. For me, it depended on which side. If I was on the right hand side, I think he would kind of follow me and, and jump off and die. But yeah, I noticed on the left side, it seemed to be much more difficult. Jim Rye has a tip too. Aim the joystick before jumping with the fire button. Uh oh. This just in. Uh, the game on uh, high score list was wrong. Evidently, there was one other score that I missed. Oh, because that's never happened before. No. We are really living up to our production values today. So that that's good. We are maintaining mediocrity value. Yes. Yes, let me uh, see when it was was submitted and yeah. why. Judges, and we, we have to check the submission time. Did yeah. it come in before the deadline? We're going to the replay uh, video yes. now. Yes, we're going to go to the re- the replay official in the uh, in the press box. Where do? Does somebody just tell you that Discord sleepy or? 
Yeah, Tasman just sent me a message. Well, somebody beat him or he had a better score? <laughs> yeah, they beat him. You still won either way. Oh, no. Oh, darn. No. But did they But did they submit the score before the deadline? Yeah, they submitted it before the deadline, but I'm trying to figure out when they submitted it because... It's because it, the deadline never happened. Yeah. But right. Was, there was no actual deadline, so according to the pocket handbook, what do we do? <laughs> uh, no, yeah, there it is. That's why I didn't see it. Submitted five minutes ago. No. <laughs> the only ago. rule is that there are no rules. Well, anyway, anyway, do you have the person's name and what the score was? Yeah. Yes, the <laughs> score was 41,100. And the person, do I really need to say who it was? Buck? Buck Owens. Buck. So he still got second, though, because I wasn't Tasman's 58,000 or something? Oh, yeah, he got second. My bad. Oh. Um, yeah. Oh, so, good. We don't have to run the Buck Owens Yahoo video then. And my finger was Yahoo! on the button. Ah, <laughs> oh. oh, see. Nice. All right. Sorry, eight bits in the basement. You're third, not second. Fifty <laughs> lashings of the wet noodle for the that person that did the game on challenge. <laughs> this is why you really need be. to come to rehearsal. Yeah, I'm starting to think he might like it. That's why he does this. <laughs> So as far as tips and tricks go, I, I guess um, you have to get used to controls because it's a bit different if you're used to playing keyboard keyboard. Um, the uh, the Qbit version, the official version, actually does pause when you end the game, so you can take a screenshot of the score, uh, and rather than just immediately jumping past if you're holding it down, or at least it was easier for me to catch it anyway. Plays about twice as fast. Morning. <laughs> Mm -hmm. I found that the 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 the, the, the quote unquote speed up actually made it a little bit easier. Yeah, it played smoother. I think not just faster, but smoother. I think whoever cracked it screwed up the timing. Yeah, yeah the, the crack screwed up way more than the login to the uh, title screen, right? Yeah, because yeah. the uh, the controls seem more fluid and more. Responsive. Yeah, I agree. So. But. I would definitely recommend playing it on a more recent emulator if you're playing it on an emulator that actually does proper artifacting. Because if you have the older ones, it doesn't really differentiate some when you have to hit them twice to change once and then change a second time, like in level two. Because uh, some of them actually kind of run together and you can't tell the difference. But if you have the modern ones, you'll you dig you like a cyan and a, a yellowish color or something. So they're quite different. But the older emulators that did the more pure, you know, black, red, blue, white, don't differentiate it enough. Just looks like white cross hatches both ways. Yeah, that was another thing that I that I noticed on on uh, Newbert, but I don't know, think I noticed it on Qubit. Was the coloring when you were uh, playing? Um, it wasn't very distinctive at times. Sort of like when you were playing that one game where it looked like you had the entire yeah thing done, and it still wasn't done, and you were like trying to go around to try to figure out what square wasn't fixed. Uh, Curtis, yeah, it was part of that's because I'm running an older version of VCC. That's one I used for sharing on the Mac side. So, okay, quick wine. Because I noticed that in uh, in XROR on the uh, in Newbert, but I didn't notice it in Q Qubit. But I didn't. 
but I don't know if it was a issue with Qubit or not, because it seemed that the coloring was the same as the last highest level that you had you had uh, achieved. If you understand what I'm saying there. Yeah. So. All right. Any other uh, comments, tips, tricks, or words of wisdom? One way I always play it is you, I, I go down diagonally to the bottom and then I zigzag across the bottom for some reason. That just always seems to work better for me. I don't know if that's really a tip or not, but. Yeah. <laughs> but it's one of the better Cubert clones. I mean, it's it's closer to the arcade than some of the other ones. Including the one that uh, Brian Weasel showed earlier for Blockhead by Computerware. Though that one I always found fun and it kind of cute sound effects, but. We weren't short on Cubert clones for the Coco. So at least half a dozen I know of. Yeah, I've seen quite a few, so but I mean it's a decent game. It's quite popular. Yeah. So did you have any uh video playback from the Twitch stream or um yes. I can make that happen if you can't. <laughs> uh let's see here. And of course, the second game we should mention too, I guess. Yes. Uh, let's see here. Get the and there we go. And share that. Hmm. Is that sharing the screen? Yeah. I'm just got to fast forward past the yeah. five minute wait time. Yeah. Five minutes. Yeah. Sure. We'll go with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All that five ish. Yeah. Five ish. About. Yeah. We, uh, we had a pretty uh, successful show. We had up to, uh, well, we actually had up to six people playing at once. And, uh, Obviously, we had the the uh, qubit, and then we were also playing the the. Okay, I keep forgetting the name of this group. I I want to call it Rufus, and I know that's not it. Uh, Ruptus? Ruptus. Ruptus. That's it. Yeah. It's kind of kind of based on Draconian. Yeah. Or sorry, Bosconian. I should say. Yeah, <laughs> or Ruptus and, or something. Though, like Draconian, it has some different things, like those little energy barriers that you have to shoot on later levels. Like, that's not in the original arcade game that I remember. Maybe I just wasn't good at it. But And here you see, I actually tried uh, Draconian on uh, on the stream towards the end. <laughs> I'm noticing that both games here have nothing to do with the game on Challenge Games. <laughs> well, no, actually, Draconian does because it's a similar game. True. Um Ken, on the other hand, he was he actually was running it on his uh, MC10 because here he is, where you see him in the top left. He's actually running his real MC10 to play Ruptus here on the. Uh, on yeah, that's one of the cool things. Like this is one of the Inafidu games that are made in Japan, but they make it for like seventy platforms. You can even play some of these on like Model One and Three, or the Model One Hundred, or, or your the Apple Two, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, or your Atari 8-bit and no one notices. They, they just think you're running on the uh, Coco 3. 
<laughs> yeah. And you right. can tell I'm running an older version of ECC because it screwed up the border color and made it white instead of green. Yeah. But yeah, it was a pretty successful show, but we need to get more people out here um, playing in the game on challenge on Thursdays, 8 p.m. Eastern U.S. time. So why aren't you there? Yeah, That's- it's a fun time. Everybody gets to kind of like share tips and tricks or you get to see people getting frustrated with the game. <laughs> or you can watch people like uh, Tasman score really high. Like yep. here where he got uh, like 35,000 or more. So. <laughs> yeah. So this this is the last, like now, uh, Qubit is now done, correct? We've, yes. we've done both weeks already? Yes. And then Ruptus will be carrying over for another week, and you can get yep. that for free download on either the archive or from the Infido site itself. Mm-hmm. Um, now, since Ken wasn't able to make it today, do you have a new game picked out for us to accommodate Ruptus? Yes, I do. Detroit. Oh, God, no. Hello, no. Rider 64. Is Neutroider. The, that's what I'm calling it. Isn't what James Jones called it? Neutroider? Is a new version of... Uh, or Neutroid. Neutroid, right. Neutroid. The new version of Neutroid available? Not yet. No. Yeah, it's 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 in the bottom of the Nitroshine trash can, I think, here. Yeah, that, <laughs> that it's not the game. So, all right. The new game. The new game is actually a basic game. Not a complex one. And <laughs> here, here is a hint as to what it is. Oh, yeah, I recognize that. I can't because it's flashed by so fast and choppy. I can't tell what the hell it's going by with. There's instructions. Yeah, I see instructions. Yes. Looks like 32K, judging by the number of lines. Yeah, they're all numbered into, uh, by one. Oh, someone renumbered it after they were done. Right. Are you in Coco 3 mode in Rexroar right now? No, I'm not. Oh, shoot. I was going to say, do it with 40 or 80 so I can actually see the listing. (laughs) (laughs) Or you could just do a run. Yeah, I'm in a standard standard, uh, Coco. Coco 1. Now, is this a type in from a magazine or is this a commercial basic game? I do believe it was a commercial game. Oh, wow. uh, Hmm. You want an even bigger hint? It is on the Coco Archive, but oh, yeah. not on on uh, L. Curtis Boyle's uh, big list of games. Well, that narrows it down to about a thousand, right? Yeah, that, that, that that's the. Can, I'm sorry. Can you be more vague, please? It was released by Chris <laughs> Silva. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to. I'd have to see the listing go zipping by again there, but I'd have to stop it at some point. Uh, yeah. All right, next hit. Oh, well, it's obviously Canadian. (laughs) Or Australian. Or Australian, Australian, yeah. Or Or UK. Yes. Actually, anywhere but the States. (laughs) We got rid of all our extra letters years ago. That's what happened. We tried to streamline the the English language. Screw up. the A key. You guys were the originators of lossy compression. <clears throat> okay, so still no guesses. At least here it tells nah. you to press the A key. Oh, I recognize Quicksilva. Right. He did a few games. But they didn't tell you what correct would be, so it's up to interpretation. 
Mind out. Mind out. I don't remember this one off the top no, of my head, but I recognize Quicksilver. That was a UK one, wasn't it? Sixty might be able to answer that. Yeah. That would explain the extra U in color. Yeah. yeah. I think this was originally a dragon one. Yes, it's uh, Mind Out by Quicksilver. Uh, it, I guess no one's familiar with this game? No, I've never Not off the top of my head. I'm, I'm familiar with Quicksilver, but I'd have to see the game itself. Oh, it's, it's this is Bill. Yep, this is Bill the Worm. Ooh. Oh, I thought it was a duck. Tom Eric Anderson. Tom Eric Anderson. Yeah, go game. ahead, Mark. <laughs> came from the UK. We figured that. Thanks. Thanks for the confirmation, Tom. Yeah. It yeah, came I should have known the UK. Oh, I have seen this one. I do recognize it now. You have to get yeah. from one exit, yeah, entrance to the exit without getting killed, basically, right? Right. Um, actually, I saw it, someone playing it on a uh, Twitch stream. That's how I found out about it. Yeah, I think I actually v- featured it. So way it's back like Minds- Minesweeper, but not for Microsoft. Yes, it's like Minesweeper, but... With extra bits, though, there's some real-time stuff chasing you, too, if I remember, later Is on. Is it really easy to miss the mines when you can see them? Uh, that you see don't them. see them. Yeah, you don't normally get to see them. <laughs> And this is the uh, actual game. Oh, it's a bigger room. You yes. probably don't get to see them until you walk right next to them. Yes, mm. you don't see them at all. See I remember that? this one, actually, I think I think I did try it. I just haven't done an entry for it because I have to do some research on it. But uh, if you have a Kogo 3 running at full double speed, I actually think it plays better, if I remember. And then when you hit a mine, you blow up, and then it shows you where the where they are and then how you went. Like there are seven slowly. levels starting at level three. Something is chasing you. Oh, cool. So I expect a, at least one third of the people playing to uh, complete it because it's actually pretty simple. Um, What's chasing you? Is it a David Ladd? No. Uh, it's uh, worse. Um, where is it? I bet there's a dra- dragon native version of this too. Probably on the world of dragon. The bug is chasing you. The bug. I'll show show people the the uh, cassette card in full color here uh, once you finish showing the demo here. Okay. Which actually has instru- you know, kind of shorter instructions, I guess. Yeah, you see, note the mines are invisible when you play Chortle. <laughs> So this is available on the World of Dragon if you want to play it on the Dragon. Yes. Should work in a Dragon 32 or 64. Yep. Um, and then on the Color Computer Archive as well. Yes. Um, you can play on either system, the uh, Coco or the Dragon. And I'll share the uh, manual that's the, right here. And that's the game for the next two weeks. Yeah, people were complaining about the games I was choosing, so I figured I'd try something completely different because I've still got uh, puncture holes from the from the pitchforks last time. <laughs> well, that's because you keep picking Neutroid over and over again every time Nick comes up with a 
revision point zero point zero point one improvement. Hey, well, with that game, there's only room for improvement. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> newer Troid. Hey, it's got extra letters. Newer, newer Troid. Next one will be newest Troid. Neuter Troid. <laughs> then Uber Troid. And then Super Ultra Uber Troid. Mega Troid. Retroided. Ah, there you go. Mega Troid. Hey, right, there's there's the original artwork for the uh, the Dragon version as it was on sale in 1983. So this came out just I think even before the Dragon 64 even came out, or just before. Yep, looks exactly like the game. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, color yeah, perfect. That, and I thought that uh, Atari took liberties with the um, interpretations of its games. <laughs> There's a bit more of the instructions there as well. So you know what this means, don't you? We're back to Neutroid next week. Nope. This means that uh, there will be a stylized reading this week of the instructions. Huh? Uh, now, Mark, Mark's the guy that normally reads the instructions, right? Mark uh, B? Yeah. Yep. When I can find them. Dramatic. So if you want to find these, yeah, we'll have to go to worldofdragon.org. And then on the column on the left, there's a bunch of things you can click on. Click on software. And then there's an alphabetical list by publisher. You'll look for Quicksilva. And it's the only game Quicksilva has on there. So that'll be easy to find. And then you just click on the instruction sheet to read it. Yeah. The last, it's, on the, it's on the Color Computer Archive, too. Oh, is it? Okay, cool. Yep. That yeah, wasn't your last, Yeah, the last two weeks, there wasn't um, much directions beyond don't die. Yeah, so, I would. I would like to have a dramatic reading of the actual program listing by David Ladd. <laughs> Line one. Oh, that would not be advisable. <laughs> well, can we at least have Mark use the accent? Yeah, hey, yeah we want the English hey. accent on this one because it's a dragon game, Mark. Oh yes, there you go. Yeah, I'll have to practice with that. Oh, and, and Scott Cooper in the chat says, Hemtroids. <laughs> <laughs> I got a bad case of Hemtroids. Do you have a cell or something for that? I was going to say they There's have some meds for that. For that. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that source code listing uh, is going to, uh, uh, reading is going to take a while because. 400 and some odd lines I saw there. The first 10 lines won't fit on one screen. I want to hear him read all the data statements. That's all of his assembly language right. program. Yeah, here. That's no, all basic. I'll show you. Nine one. You see, there's the first five lines. Oak. Yeah, yeah, and it's basic. Beat up Oak right F off the bat there. D seven comma zero. <laughs> Line one. Clear two five zero zero comma two nine nine nine. Okay, that's a clear two. <laughs> Wait, is it too late to change the game? <laughs> yeah, we're, we'll we'll do a special uh, uh, Coco Tech uh, with uh, Dave reading source codes. <laughs> I, I do have to thank you because this, this is a different in. type of game. Well, I, I guess the gameplay isn't is much different. There's there's other games that are similar to that. But picking a basic game is a pretty ballsy move. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I'm not even being sarcastic. Because there are some good basic games on both Coco and the Dragon, and we don't tend to think of those very often. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad you picked that. 
Yeah, quite honestly, it was I didn't pick it because of of it being pure basic. Um, actually, I picked it because I saw it being played on Twitch about two months ago and I really liked it. And I was like, because usually when I'm uh, looking for a game to pick, it's like, what am I going to choose? Because I didn't play the the Coco back in the day. And the only games I knew about were the cartridges that were officially released because the stores themselves didn't have any third-party software. <laughs> so yeah, I ironically, in the UK, where this came from, they did. They actually yeah. sold like comic software and right. Mitch Tron and stuff. So. so when I see someone actually playing something, that's I I will I'll uh consider it and and it's like I know that uh that over the course of the summer, uh, Ken is not going to be available for a few times. So, I yeah, the next one will be at Boat Fest because we'll both be at Boat Fest. We'll try to do a live report from there. Uh, but I know, like, trying us trying to read stuff from when I was there last time, it's just too loud, the ambient room noise. So, right. it just turns into a schmozzy mess. Absolutely. So, but yeah, I've got something for that week too. And, uh, I'm trying to pick better games, but. I mean, when 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 you peak with Neutroid, it's hard to find stuff that's just as good. Aye, <laughs> it's it's odd that you spell the word Deep Valley P E A K. Um, I just can't imagine how much money Nick is sending Sloopy. <laughs> it's not <laughs> enough to make us play Neutroid again. <laughs> <laughs> well, unless you get on the committee that picks the games, I think it sounds pretty biased. We need to have a committee for what Nick programs next for a game. That's what we need. Improve his uh, Ooh, choices. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Nick, we're going to have to have you come in Saturday. Oh, wait a minute. You're already here. Yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> you know that other game you're supposed to be working on? Wouldn't it be just great if you could work on that instead? <laughs> yeah, and don't forget the TP reports. Yeah. TPS reports. Uh, TPS. TPS and reports. I'm sorry. Now I Nick, always call it TP has. reports. <laughs> And now Nick has five people managing it. <laughs> I'm just glad they didn't call the uh, Neutroid the TP report. I still like Neutroid. That's what I'm going to call it from now on. That was a good name. Thanks, James. All right. So I guess that's it for the Game On Challenge uh, this week. And uh, Yep, so join join uh, Sloopy Thursday, because yeah, I think you'll be running solo unless uh, Ken actually arrives there by then, but I know his schedule got kind of screwed up, so I'm not sure if he's going to be on the road or not. Yeah, he's leaving Tuesday, so probably isn't going to be able to be there, because he's going to be probably just about getting there to uh, Thursday and getting settled in and figuring out his internet and such. Yep, so Thursdays, 8 p.m., show up on Discord, and the two games for the... This next coming week is going to be Ruptus for the second week. You can get that at infudo.com or the archive. You can play the Dragon, the Coco, one, two, or three, or MC10 versions of that for that. And of course, uh, what was the title of this one again? Mind Out, I believe. Mind Out, yes. Yeah. Both basic games, too. Yeah. No. Uh, Ruptus is not. It's a uh, oh, compile okay. language that he made up oh, himself okay. for the cross compile. Yeah. It's got sound effect stuff you'd never be able to do in basic and that. So it's it's a bit better than basic. It's not like you know pure ML speed, but it's it's kind of in between. It's like almost like compiled basic, I guess. Yeah, I did notice that it's um it's it would be a lot better game if the controls were a little bit more fluid. 
but it's still yeah. pretty Hon- honestly what we should have somebody try or maybe just people can try it on their own um for the the thursday one for ruptus is actually if you have a coco three do the double speed poke and see how it plays with that because i mm-hmm. don't think he's using interrupt timer interrupts there to force it to lock at 60 frames per second so it might actually play a favorite smoother and better i'll have to give it a try so all right back to you mark okay and Mark, I've, I don't have very many uh, game-related stuff. I'm going to just go straight into it, okay? Okay. Do we want to do a commercial break first? or No, I'm going to get this out of the way. When you want the latest in TRS-80, Tandy, Dragon, MC-10, and all of their hardware cousins, no matter what it takes, or where news breaks, from around the world to your nation. The Coco Nation News with L. Curtis Boyle. (laughs) Considering the current state of Canada, is it very good to have that there? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> that's what happens when you try to force neutroid on us canadians um, it's more accurate we torch way. the place it's just too much <laughs> so i wonder if all the people in new york can smell hay <laughs> <laughs> man well, i'd be mega bald i asked if it started raining uh with all this smoke in the air would the well, we had rain here which is why our our air here right now it's like a sunny day and our air quality is fine but yeah. You know, two weeks ago, it was not quite as bad as New York, but it was definitely hazy. Yeah. But I, right now, I think the big fires are down in Ontario, Quebec, and uh, the Maritimes, especially by Halifax. I mean, they'd lost 150 homes a week or so ago. So, yeah, I asked. Oh, the rains rain, are going to get mud. Yeah, if the rain would taste like uh, maple syrup. <laughs> maple leaves. But, yeah. Or hickory sticks. Yep. Anyway, let's uh, get through. I've, I've just got a couple things here, and then I'll probably swing straight in the news after that because I don't have a ton there either. So I'll uh, try to wrap up the show here so we're not here too much longer. So first off, we've got a, a channel on YouTube I've not seen before called Hamtero Fan 20, 2002 and actually played a bit of Frogger, the official Cornsoft group port to the Coco. And it looks like from the screenshot at the beginning... Um, he actually played another version of Frogger just before recording this, and I think he split the videos up into the different platforms. So I'm about to check later and see if he actually does a comparison video between them. Anyway, we've seen that before, so no point dwelling on that too much. Uh, next up, um, finishing up April of 1982, I think he's got one game left that'll be on Monday, but basically uh, Jeff over at Chronologically Gaming covered three this past week. Um, some of them, I think some of you will be familiar with or one of them, probably not unless you're a, a word game fanatic. So the great word game by, uh, I think prickly pair software, it was, was one It's kind of, uh, sort of a little bit of wheel of fortune and hangman, but with a few little twists thrown in, like you can add, insert spaces and stuff randomly at the beginning of the end of the word to throw people off from guessing what, how many even letters your word is type thing. I, I won't play that because word games are boring to watch on stream. Um, but then the last two he covered here, he covered Scarf, Color Scarf Man. Now, of course, Scarf Man was originally on the Tier City Model 1 and 3. I'm sure Nick remembers playing that one. And uh, this is the Coco version, and it's one of the few games that runs on a 4K RAM Coco. Uh, we've covered a couple other machine language ones, like Gauntlet by Brit Monk and 
don't know what the heck was the other one now. Color Art by Spectral is another one. But some of these these low res games, this one actually used the 64 by 64. So it's higher res than the low res graphics uh, for color Just mode. Just be sure not to point that out for even has this little animated uh, don't expect any intro for this one. So here's so for those you've not seen it before. That's what it looks like there. And remember, it's 1982. There's still Pac-Man fever. And while we've played every single maze game that you could ever play, it's but not bad. I mean, this is one that could have been ported to the MC-10, except they did a 16K RAM expanded version of Pac-Man that's actually better than this. So, <laughs> But for a 4K, you probably could have fit this one on there. And a cat going nuts. Um, the other one in here, the last one is called Storm from Computerware. Now, this is actually a bit of a strange one. It's a clone of an arcade game. Uh, using probably the exact wrong graphics mode if you're trying to make it look like the arcade. So it's based on the arcade game Tempest, which was a color vector graphics. So you figure they'd go high res. Nope, they went semi-graphics 24, which means 64 pixels across by 192 down. So it's the fat Atari VCS looking type thing. Now, one thing I had not realized before until Jeff brought it up in the show, this was the very first Tempest clone for any home computer or any home console, period after the initial release of the arcade game, which I had no idea of, but it was the very first one. And I don't know if how many of you have actually played it before. It's got 15 levels, and then each of those levels have different levels of difficulty. Is a unique um, so basically it wraps through, and there's 135 levels total, and it'll change the color of the, impressiveness of the pits that you're going into, I guess, for lack of better term, I'm not sure what you're calling the arcade game. But, uh, game including computer games because you'd but but you being in semi graphics, you can't draw all the nice shapes like well, Tempest has. So you just have basically colored lines and coming at you instead. I could not figure out for the for a long time. I so I'll just fast forward a little bit so you can see a bit of the gameplay here. Fast. All right, this time let's try a different one. And, and did they change the tube up? Like this? And you can pick like the starting level the with the joystick when you start the game. So if you want to start anywhere from one to fifteen, you can pick any one. A different tube shape. I want number. Oh wait, stop, stop three. Why is it not working? Oh, there we go. Now it is. Oh, it so is. some of them are completely open. Some of them are, have closed U. off areas. Yet you have so to they, jump they, over. They do change it up just like in the arcades. So and you, you can see it's firing the various things you, coming you, at you, and you, you shoot back at them. On console and on computers, this is the very first time anyone wanted to tackle Tempest. And you can see the results. I mean, it's it's still April of 1982, and the it is strange with the, the way they did the graphics mode to play. <laughs> wow. So I don't know. Have any of you guys played that? I don't think we've ever covered this one on the, the Game On Challenge, but it's the one I kind of keep forgetting about because it's the only version of Tempest for the Coco that I'm aware of. Has anybody else here played this one? Nope. Never heard of it. I would love to play it. I mean, I would like this in the day. Yeah, I remember the ads for this one because computer brought this little tiny ad. It's like an eighth of a page of Rainbow with that, well, that little graphic that he showed at the beginning from the ad. Uh, let's see if I can find it here. Oops. Yeah. So that uh, stand still, you stupid thing. So basically, that was the ad. Yeah, and that's as much bought, as they ever promoted it. <laughs> I wouldn't have bought that. I would have bought the gameplay that we just saw. But I wouldn't. Yeah. Have that. I mean, this is one where, the, like, most of the time, you, the ad is going to hype it up much more than the game itself. Uh, this is one of the opposite because you can't even really tell what the hell this is looking at the ads. <laughs> <laughs> And, and, and doing reviews back then, a lot of the Rainbow reviewers in particular, or, or Carol Computer News for that matter, there was the hardcore geeks, because this is early on enough that Coco was the hobbyist, not the game players so much. So they didn't even know what the arcade game was, so they wouldn't even describe it in a way you could you would know it was Tempest. 
So, uh, yeah, this is kind of a hidden gem, I think, honestly, and it runs in 16K. So, <clears throat> by the way, covered that. I also wanted to mention, too, that um, I was actually a guest on his show. I was a co-reviewer of games on yesterday's show, which I don't know if it's on YouTube yet. Unfortunately, we didn't have any Coco games that he was doing that particular day, but he had held off the reviews of Scarfman and Storm. So I gave my reviews. Now, the way his review system works, you're not reviewing on the platform. You're reviewing against everything else on every other platform that's out at the same time. So I had to review Scarfman as a Pac-Man clone compared to every Apple version, every Atari version, and everything else. So, I, you know, the ratings will probably be a bit lower than I would have done if I was going strictly by Coco. Um, but you guys can watch the show there. Um, it was a lot of fun. We tried to get the joysticks working. I was using Paul Sh- uh, Shoemaker's uh, a, a USB adapter for running actual Coco joysticks. It partly worked in a thing he's, he uses called Parsec. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that. You can actually remotely play two people on the same emulator playing head-to-head games, and you can use MAME or whatever else you want. So you can actually play a two-player Coco game across the world using that. And I, I was trying to get it to work with my uh, adapter so I could use the actual Coco joystick that I'm used to. And we got it partly working, but we didn't have enough time before the show started to to get the buttons working properly. We got the joystick movement working properly. I so I think we'll try Paul to revisit Fiscarelli. that later on. So was that, Robert Mark? Paul Fiscarelli, I think, is the... Yeah. Oh, sorry, yeah. I said Shoemaker, didn't I? Too many Pauls. Too, too many Pauls, too many Mikes, too many Marks. Sorry, saw, sorry Paul Thayer. <laughs> yeah, too, too many, many Nicks. Too many Pauls. Yeah, Marks too. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, well, hopefully we'll get that going again. But if that ends up working and it's a free download, um, I think maybe we should look at maybe using that in the Game on Challenge. We could actually have some of the multiplayer games and set it up so that you know a couple of the people on the Game on Challenge could actually literally be playing multiplayer against each other or cooperative or whatever the game depends on, uh, on our real Coco game. And that would be kind of cool. So I'm hoping that actually ends up working. I've never heard of Parsec before Jeff told me about it. So well, We can have Game of the Week Dino Wars. Yeah. I mean, that's one you could play Gauntlet two or Gauntlet or uh, regular Gauntlet with three or four players if you wanted to. Rampage, yeah, Rampage with three players. I mean, there's a ton of stuff you could do with that because it does allow this. It basically it transmits the the joystick or whatever game controller you have and and the keyboard for keyboard games across. And he's used it on other platforms like Guitar Eight bits and stuff to play head to head games. And I don't think anybody's really tried it on the Coco. So hopefully, we will get that working. Next up, we have Davey's Retro Corner. He did uh, a graphics demo slash game called Forced Fire Cellular Automata. Um, just in time for the Canadian fire season. Yeah. Actually, Thank I don't you. think that was the one I wanted to show, though. Uh, yeah, I want to show Drastar 4. Did I put that in a different tab, or did I? Might have clicked on something. Yeah, here's the one. I probably forgot to pause it and played through and went to his next video automatically. So this is a type-in from Dragon User Magazine from 1984, I believe. Um, yeah, August of 1984. So it's called Drastar 4, originally by Brian Morley. And he's got the video here that you'll be watching. And he's also got the basic source code available for download off of his uh, GitHub. So if you want to save yourself the typing and just import it to a disk image, you can do that. It's got a lot of selections. I'll just fast forward a little bit to the graphics side. It's meant for black and white. It's a little slow in spots, but... Basically, a shoot with a, you know, the sights type thing. 
Nice font, though. I like this font for his characters here. So anyway, that's what the game looks like. And if you want to go grab it, um, this is the link. It'll be in the show notes and on the Discord as well here. You can actually grab the basic program. This is one I think that probably somebody could go in and improve quite a bit because we've learned some tricks. You can get put buffers a lot faster and stuff that actually is built in but not documented in basic. Um, so you probably could speed this game up a good chunk if somebody took the time to do it. And he actually put the link up for the actual article in Dragon User itself. So here's the actual original article, which you can get on the World of Dragon Archive. And you can also get it on the Color Computer Archive in the magazine section. So there's the directions as well as the actual source code there. If you really want to type it all back in again. And that's all I've got for the game news this week. So I'll switch over to the... Well, no, you don't. You've got one more. I do? Uh, well, I was gonna, I've got Neutroid. Stup- Stuproid or whatever it's called? Neutroid. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I will do it after. I was news. trying uh. to get past it, but... <laughs> <laughs> Damn, he caught me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'll just share a screen. Now, is that coming up? Yep. Did you share? remember to share sound? I think I did. Uh, we'll see when we start. So this is Neutroid. Now, it's still only half finished, but it's at a point where you can actually get to see something on the screen. So it's Neutroid Reloaded, a remake of the original Neutroid from the TRS-80 Model 1 with extras. So at the moment, you can... Um, sort of get your Neutroid moving, but uh, there's still a lot more to go. Um, so I'll just run into it. I've got the sound effects working at least. So is the sound coming through? Yeah. So at the moment, I'll just let it bounce back and forth. You're, you're the Neutroid in the middle there, the white dot. The goal is to get the Protroids that are circling on the outside. And you've got to hit them directly to get uh, points. Uh, if not, it, it goes into the wall in the back, and uh, you lose energy if you do that. Um, so you basically control the grid. Every time you use the move the uh, four arrow keys, it sets up the deflectors on the grid. So it's important to note that you don't control the dot. You control the grid, the blue area. So every time I'm pressing the buttons, it puts up a little deflector rod. And I've uh, made it very easy to control. It looks complex, but it's it's dead easy. It does most of the, the work for you. Anyway, I'll let it crash. If you That's it when you hit a, a neutroid. And it's using samples. Now, this is running at the slow rate. I missed. It sounds kind of gassy. And you have some voice synthesis in this too. Well, if I let the energy run down a bit, I'll just miss a few times and let the energy fall down. You'll get a, a bit of a voice come in as well. The alarm. So there's going to be more objects moving around in the middle. And it will it will get harder by getting faster. 
I'll try and miss a few. A few. Here it goes. So my energy's gone down. You get a warning alarm to let you know that you're gonna bite. You're gonna die. Um, I'll just pause for a sec so I can explain it. So every time you hit a neutroid, a protroid, I mean, you gain energy. But every time I just saw Jim Rye's comment, Nikki says, "You lost me after you're the white dot." <laughs> turn, turn your screen upside down, then it'll make sense. <laughs> um, <laughs> and um, every time you hit the the the, the protroids on the outside, you gain energy. But every time you hit the uh, orange reactor wall, you lose energy, and you lose more energy than you gain. So you've obviously got to not try to hit the orange wall and try to hit the protroids. So it's a game with uh, a, a nuclear e element to it. Well, uh, the idea. And the original idea I did for Neutroid back in 80, well, on Where the Model 1, yeah. 82, 82. Um, for the TRS-80 Model 1. Back then there were a few games that were coming out that were, you know, atomic particle idea and even on the coca we had reactoid and uh that other one that you tube mentioned frenzy. uh tube frenzy as well so it was a thing back then and this was my idea from back then as well and uh this is just a reimagining neutroid 2 that i did was not really a a direct conversion of my model 1 version so this is to uh remedy that for all those legions of fans who want to play Neutroid, mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to give them the, what, what they want. You're supposed to laugh. I like the new reflector thing. It's cool. It's, yeah, it's it, much more it's, visually you know what you're doing now, and I think that was the biggest problem yeah, with your first yeah. Coco port. Well, with the original Model 1 version, it was a little bit awkward to to control. It got it got confusing. I've made this one very easy. You, you basically just hit the buttons in the directions you want to go. And the program moves uh, the, the the grid accordingly. You you can't crash um, accidentally on this, so it's very easy. All yeah. you have to oh, do wait, is Sixy try just to... said in the chat there too, Nick. He said, and the sound is fantastic, and I will agree with that. The digitized sound effects versus the the generated ones you did before. I mean, the, it requires sixty four k now. It won't run in sixteen like it does, the original. Yeah, but the the sound effects are for a low, for a Coco one and two game are awesome. Well, that that's the other thing. This is for a Coco one with sixty four k. You've got to have sixty four k because then it's got thirty two k of sound samples alone. Um, I mean, if if I didn't have that, it could have fit in a, uh, I reckon even a sixteen k machine for that matter. I could make it run for yeah, that. Yeah, the original version but, did, I think. But the, the 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 whole goal is to get something that sounds great. So I want yeah, you got to do something to make up for the gameplay. So it's uh... <laughs> 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 for the player's lack of intelligence. Yeah, yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so that's all I've done. I'm I'm, I'm probably fifty percent through. Uh, but yeah, I've got it all moving at least, so you can sort of see the game starting to take shape. Now, 
Now, it'll get harder as you go. It'll get faster. Uh, the pro trolleys on the outside will move faster round and round the, um, the grid. Your particles can go faster as well. And there'll be a few things uh, chasing you um, um, in the middle of the grid as well. But anyway, it's, it does sound good, yeah. Yeah, it sounds really, really good. Two-channel digital sample interrupt-driven sounds on a Coco One. Good anyway. stuff. Too bad about the gameplay. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Even that's improved because now the visualness of what you're controlling is much better than the, the previous ones. Yeah, well, closer it's to the model closer, one. Closer to the original vision of the game. Yeah. Yeah. And. I will stop sharing when I get the button. There we are. Okay. And I will just skip back on to the snoo snoozy news. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not, no, not a ton of it this time. So that, uh, that helps too. Okay. You guys seen that? Yep. Okay, so before I get into the actual news stories, there's a, there's a few announcements to make. So the first one is on behalf of Frank at Retro Rewind, who's actually in the chat right now. Uh, for those of you who don't know, he severely injured his wrist to actually broke it in multiple places. And he's actually got uh, pins and stuff now to hold his wrist together. So he wants to kind of apologize to the Cocoa community at large that uh, you know making stuff like Cocoa SDCs is definitely going to be slowed down for the next little while until he's healed up. Um, he did send a picture that was quite amusing when he originally had the first cast on where he's basically like trying to duct taping a soldering iron to it to see if he could actually <laughs> solder that way. Uh, due to my experience with soldering, that looked incredibly dangerous. So uh, I guess best best of uh, luck. I'm, I'm thinking he'll still get a chance to get some of these made because he's got some other people working for him. But it's obviously he's got to send parts and stuff back and forth and it's going to slow things down. So if you're wondering why it's out of stock. Uh, or, you know, just little packets of them are coming available every once in a while. That's why. So once he's healed up, he'll be able to fully catch up. But he's got to he's got to get healed first uh, and make sure he can get full use of his hand back. So he's got another a hand. Uh, What's the problem? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you solder I don't know. I've got two hands and that doesn't help with the soldering iron at all. That's all I can tell you. <laughs> and then the next announcement is we've got a bunch of interviews lined up now. Uh, over the next few months, uh, I'm still working on a half dozen more. Uh, whether they're all going to happen, I don't know. Uh, obviously, we had Ron Bull on today. Uh, next week, the person you're seeing on the screen right now um, will be our interview guest. That's the guy who may, makes the Cocoa Town YouTube channel. He's also on our Discord now. Uh, so he'll be kind of going over his history of the Cocoa and uh, you know just the YouTube channel. He just started recently. He's doing assembly and basic programming. He's done some music stuff. So that'll be an interesting interview. So that's next week. Uh, the week after that, June 23rd, is when Ken and I will be at Boat Fest. So we're planning on doing at least some sort of live reporting or streaming from there, if we can, and the bandwidth uh, permits. So uh, that's the second time I'll be there and Ken's first time. So I'll probably let him do most of the talking because he'll be his first impressions for it. So look forward to that. July is where we're still you know, trying to book a whole bunch of stuff. But in August, we've got a couple already booked too. So the first one we have in August is August the 12th. We'll be interviewing Matt Harper. And if you guys remember that name from recently on the Game On Challenge, he's the guy who wrote Wizard's Den for Atomic Software. So that was a Game On Challenge for us. It was also a recent Coco Show episode. So that one, we're going to try to get both John and Aaron on as guest interviewers because they were pretty enraptured with the game as well. 
Uh, but of course, the rest of everybody in the chat and everybody who's on the panel is, is welcome to uh, ask any questions they do. I want, want to ask Matt on that. And then the, uh, August the 19th, the week after that, we have a, a twofer. So we have Glenn Dahlgren of Sundog Systems. He's going to be a co-interviewer like Nick was today uh, with Ron. Um, and the special guest, and you guys at Coco Fest would have met him there and saw his booth, uh, Doug Maston, the person that originally programmed the Contras, which is one of the premier Coco 3 games with multi-channel digital sound and hardware scrolling and tons of levels and all kinds of stuff. So it's uh, a great treat to have him on. He's, if you guys saw his booth there, I didn't actually even get a chance to stop by his booth too much, but he had a bunch of stuff that he used to develop it back in the day, like some of his original hand-drawn graphics and stuff and uh, maps and things. So. We'll be going through the tales of that. There's even some special stuff where his dad helped make some hardware to digitize the sound effects and stuff. There's a lot of cool stuff we'll be finding out there. So a uh, big thank you to Doug for doing agreeing to come on for that particular interview as well. And like I said, if there's another half dozen I'm working on for, you know, sometime in August, maybe, uh, or sorry, uh, parts of August and then all of July is basically open. So hopefully we'll get some of those cemented away as well. Uh, so those are the announcements and then on to the regular news. All right, so first of all, we got uh, Coco Town, our guest next week. Uh, he did Floating Point number two. So this is the second part, uh, explaining how Floating Point works internally in BASIC and how to actually call it from assembly language, how to set up the FP0 through 5 variables, et cetera, for the routines that BASIC uses. I won't bother playing anything off that there because it's pretty technical. So, But if you're into that kind of stuff, it kind of goes hand in hand with some of the stuff that Alan Huffman's covered on Floating Point on his blog. So if you want to visual, if you're more visually learning like, say, Stevie was, this might be a good way for you to learn is to watch those two parts. So we can check that out. And then this here is a video announcement from him, um, which I'm just going to play because it's a minute long and kind of promote him for the, being the guest next week and also promote that he's now got the uh, source code available in, in a nice text form that you can actually go get now for any of the stuff he's covered on his Coco Town series. So I'll just play that video and you can kind of get it under you for it. Hey everybody, just a quick announcement that I've been uploading the source code that I've been using in my videos to a new WordPress blog, cocotownretro.wordpress.com. Uh, so if you're looking through a video and you're curious to try the code out for yourself, just go into the description and there will now be a link to take you to that blog. So for example, for the floating point number two video, it would take you here. And then you could go ahead and look through the assembly code, look through the basic code, and try it out yourself. And if you need a little reminder how to try stuff out, on the sidebar I have a little link on more info about this blog. You'll see just a couple command lines to use Toolshed and to use LWASM to get stuff up and running, compiled, and onto your virtual floppy. So I'll try to keep this blog updated as I upload new videos, and hopefully that'll uh, help you to understand what's going on a little bit better and to try stuff out yourself. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time. And we'll see him next week. So uh, Dave will be our guest. So if you guys have not checked out his uh, YouTube series, it's got a lot of really cool stuff. We've been covering it on the show. Um, so if you watch through those and you have any questions about any of the projects he's done or uh, techniques he used, have them ready for next week's show. Okay, next up we've got Subitha Software, which is Alan Huffman, of course. And uh, this is kind of a nostalgia thing for me, too, because I did a little bit of this, too, though I don't think I did it quite as much as Alan did. But I'm sure some of you guys, especially the older ones, are familiar with phone freaking. 
And uh, the Coco, like a lot of the other 8-bits, had a lot of software kind of dedicated to that. Some of them on some other machines required modems. We actually had a 6-bit DAC, so we could do all the blue box and black box and red box and all the other tone things to do free long distance calls and all that kind of stuff. Or, you know, free payphone things uh, right from the Coco itself without any extra hardware. What was that, Rick? War dialing. Yeah. That's that's one of the examples here where you just set set up a range of numbers and it checks to see if any of them have computers hooked up to them that answer the phone. And there's actually, if you go into the computer archive, there's uh, utilities and disk images of phone freak tools and stuff. And this is back from the Coco 1 and 2 era. I think there was a few Coco 3 ones too. I think Alan mentions a few. I used mostly the Coco 1 and 2 ones back then. And then some of my friends got arrested, so I stopped doing it. But here, like you've got the blue box, the silver box, the red box, the green box, the pin jammer, etc. So, (laughs) and Mr. Bill's not Bill Noble. I I do know that for a fact. So, better mention that. And I don't know how you do an illegal thing and license it to somebody. So, I'm not quite sure how that that worked out. And Alan didn't either. But, anyway, so it's a bit of nostalgia and a bit of, you know, exploring some of the darker side of stuff you could do with your Coco back in the day. Go ahead. It's probably an inside joke. <laughs> probably. Could be. I don't know. I, I remember using these a lot. I actually used the auto dialer on this thing uh, to try to phone in radio contests and win prizes, too, because you could just set it to auto dial. And if it didn't detect a tone within half a second, hang up and do it again. Right. Actually, I think I did end up winning something, if I remember. Next up, Ron Klein has actually posted multiple updates for stuff that you can do on the Cocoa Pie. So the first one here is the TRS-80GP emulator has been added. Uh, this was originally for doing all the black and white, so Model 1, Model 2, Model 3, Model 4, but he's now added MC10 and Cocoa 1 to support. And you can now try that out in the Cocoa Pie as well. Um, he's actually a member of our Discord, too. He actually, uh, I didn't put this in the game on news, but he he wrote a Cocoa game uh, I'm pulling a blank in it right now. I'll uh, take a look for it later and post it in the uh, game, one of the game channels on, on Discord. But basically, he mentioned to me that I had the artifact colors reversed for a game he published in Rainbow. And it was an assembly language game. And uh, he didn't explain in the article what colors things were supposed to be. But he did mention that your tank on the bottom was supposed to have Canadian flags. So it had to be red, white, red. And I, my screenshots were blue, white, red. So he corrected that. I, I quickly updated those, I think, yesterday and put them up. So they're proper now but i'll mention what game it is off there i just can't remember the top of my head so anyway that emulator has been added to the pie and then there's also xroar 1.4.1 and uh, we've been kind of talking about some of the updates that kieran's been doing to xroar for much more accurate uh composite colors and and some other fixes like actually adding some of the gui stuff for uh, windows and stuff and actually i've downloaded the latest xroar for the mac and some of the new gui settings are available through the menu on there as well and there's more stuff you can do through command line, of course. Uh, and then he's fixed some general bugs. Um, WD279X, that's the second one from the bottom there. Write sync bytes before the DAM fixes to DMK files. That was requested by Michael Furman. And that's part of how you can get Flex to run properly uh, with the odd disk format it uses with single density on track zero and uh, double density in the remainder of the tracks. Uh, this this is required. 1.4 higher is required in order for you to run Flex on XROR, for example. Um, so that, that actually fixed that too. So thank you, Karen, for doing all the uh, work there. And uh, actually, it even runs on the online version as we showed last week. And then the third update for the Cocoa Pie is uh, the newest update for UG Basic. 
I, I don't want to call it UG basic because it makes it sound like UG basic. Like, why would I want to use that? And that, that's not really what it's meant to stand for, I don't believe. Uh, but that's now available on the Cocoa Pie as well. You can download that. Of course, you can you know download it on your own system as uh, like a Windows or whatever and actually do the compiling there too as well. So it's a compiled, basic language, structured, optimized, blah, blah, blah. So I know there's a few game projects actually undergoing for the Cocoa right now that are using this language. So it'll be interesting to see where that goes. Also, I believe I caught this on Facebook. I, I didn't get a chance to double check it. And maybe some of you who are on Facebook might know, but I think it was Ron Klein's birthday this past week too, wasn't it? I thought I saw a few people wishing him a happy birthday. So if I'd read that right in my breezing through stuff here, happy birthday, Ron. And if I'm wrong, just save that until it's your actual birthday. <laughs> uh, next up, Chibi Akumis, who has done a whole bunch of tutorial videos on, and it sells a couple of books on uh, doing assembly language for a variety of 8 and 16-bit processors has done an update to his 6809 assembly language for the Cocoa 3. So he's actually added in all these little tables that you can actually just do a quick lookup as an alternative to some of the stuff that uh, Sockmaster did that Kieran's hosting. So it goes into the extended memory map, how the MMU works, all the different gimme registers and what the settings are for that. So it's nice to have it as a quick little reference. And he's got a second page you can click on here for the Dragon and the Cocoa 1 and 2. And of course, he's got some sample code. He's got little, you know, software sprite routines and stuff like that too that uh, you can check into if you want to learn a similar language. And of course, he covers all these different platforms. So you can kind of learn how to do the same things on a variety of things, you know, from Z80s to 68,000s to 6502s to, you know, Z80s, whatever. So definitely go check that out if you're getting it started in a semi language. Uh, Kokotan also published this one here, uh, Nostalgia Inducing Retrographics. Um, so this is basically almost like a like a trivia thing you could do. Like he, he just made basically two and a half minutes of, of various screens and you kind of see if you recognize them. They might be from a game. They might be from the manual that came with a Cocoa. It might be from a magazine article or something like that. I'll just play a little bit. You can actually go check them all out, but I'll just play a few here. Obviously, this one's kind of self-explanatory, but Chromaset did all these little, and t did this too, those little programs you would run to kind of introduce you to the issue they published. And they always did some little graphic animation or a little story or something like that. And this one, I, I'm trying to remember, I think this was from a Rainbow Magazine or something like that. I can't remember now. This is from uh, War Games from uh, Rainbow which they used to uh, start the simulation contest because this was unpublished for the first simulation contest. I'll do one more. I'm sure you guys know uh, where that's from, right? Nobody? Yeah, it's vaguely familiar. It's from Rainbow, isn't it? Yep, correct. Fred Skirbo did those. He did a rock fest, I think he called it. He did a bunch of rock and roll band logos, and they also did one for movies and stuff. And of course, this is Ghostbusters. And then speaking of Mikey from earlier, um, so he's got a few entries this week. So basically, um, he's released episode five of his uh, video blog about Flex. And this guy has the announcement that he's actually got the Flex 5.0.4 
is now available for download, and he's fixed all the disk images, so now will work properly with emulators, etc. So this is kind of his uh, long video kind of going through everything here. Apparently was not Y2K compliant. <laughs> That's still not, no. Um, Surprise. <laughs> now, I did want to play the little intro. Like, he does this little kind of, like, he clips a couple bits out of the main thing, and usually they're they're funny, and I thought Nick Morentes would appreciate, assuming he's oh, still on an awake. I am, but I'm not in the in front of the computer. Um, well, this is what you can hear with the audio. You won't have to see uh, okay. this. Okay. So I'll, 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 I'll just play it up until his vlog uh, sound, uh, music roll starts. Go out there and play with Flex because it needs some love. OS9 and Nitrous 9 have enough love already. Heck, they even have their own trash can. <laughs> 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 So I thought okay. Nick would like that. I think yeah. it's interesting. <laughs> so anyway, the the the, the vlog kind of goes through what was done to get everything up and working, but then he actually did an actual blog post and uh, an actual website here that uh, you can hit up. It's at ocs.net, and that's kind of his uh, blog, I think. Uh, but he goes, the general availability of FHL ColorFlex 504. So basically, he's got the disk images totally fixed up and ready to run. Um, goes a bit of a history of what it is. So this is the Frank Hogg version because we've also had a TSC one. We also have the uh, Spectral Associates Flex Plus. Uh, but he actually goes through not only talking about the YouTube series and stuff that you can actually go back and watch the other four episodes, uh, but you also have some other utility disks, et cetera, that he's found that he's also made available. So you don't just get the operating system itself. You can also get the Frank Oglag's color utilities. And I'm going to have to go back through the Frank Hogg 32 page catalog and figure out exactly what that entailed. Cause I can't remember. Um, he's also got the ed editor, which is a text editor, but he's also got extended basic made by TSC itself. And now TSC is the company that originally made flex for the 6,800 in 1978. So it's their version of extended basic that runs under flex. And I know there was also like a basic compilers and a bunch of other stuff too. So there's, there's quite a bit of stuff. I'm assuming Michael's going to try to find some of these other ones that are a bit more rare, or maybe they'll work with some of the ones because there's a flex users group for the, all the other machines that have flex, which is basically anything 6800, 6809. Uh, but I think he's going to try to track down some of the other ones here that will run under FHL flex and then people can start fiddling with it, which was a pretty powerful operating system for the time. It was up around CPM level of. Of, of power versus say the disk basic it wasn't as good as os9 but it probably was a bit of a better fit for a coco one and two 64k to be honest because the operating system didn't take as much room so you can make bigger programs whereas of those sign level one the os took a fair bit of ram which limited what you know size of programs you could do and this is where stuff like down calc and dynastar and all those you know came first before the osign versions came out and there's other languages i mean you could pick up COBOL and all kinds of weird stuff so I don't know if that is, is still available somewhere, but uh, it looks like Mikey's going to try to track some of that stuff down. So I wanted to mention that. Um, but anyway, you, all the download links are here. He's got a bit of a quick start of how to run each individual thing. Kind of goes into the history of his blog and vlog. Um, getting, you know, he actually got a hold of Frank at Flex, and I guess uh, he's now going to get a hold of Rich Hogg, who actually did more of the programming. Frank was more of the salesman and the, and the person that ran the company, which was originally a dentist's office, believe it or not. Right. And uh, if, if if he can get a hold of Rich, I'm actually going to try to get Rich on because he was more of the programmer and he did stuff for the Coco 1, 2, and 3. And he did stuff for OS 9 and Flex. So I'd like to get him on for an interview at some point too. In fact, I think he was involved with some of the TC9 stuff too. 
So wait, thank, thanks, Mike, for getting all that resurrected and getting it all fixed up, figuring out what the problem was, why none of the disk images that were on the archive or anywhere else worked. They're currently, all these disk images are available on the Internet Archive. Um, it looks like they should be on the Color Computer Archive this weekend or next week. There was a bit of confusion about the disk images, and uh, I think that's been straightened out now, so I think it will be up soon. Next up, we have Jim Gary. Uh, released his port of Mastermind Codebreaker. And this is a, an older program written originally by Lloyd Mulligan in RT11 Basic. And this came in the October 1977 issue of Byte Magazine. And it's used to figure out solutions for the Mastermind board game, which means this you, you should pair this with all of Nick's games because he seems to embed Mastermind in just about <laughs> everything he does. Mastermind. <laughs> <laughs> So what this does is that you punch in, you know, what the results are when you're playing Mastermind, like the different colors of like, you know, you got something in the right spot and the right color, or you got the right color, but the wrong spot. So you punch those in and it will try to help you guess and figure out exactly what those are. So if you're getting stuck on like trying to open the things in Gatecrasher, um, for example, uh, you might be able to use this program with a slight mod to uh, help solve them for you. Of course, that's in real time, so it'd be a bit difficult, but... Hmm. And Nick, did you have this program before? Is this how you come up with your mastermind stuff? No, no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The second MC10 story by Robert Sieg. So he put up a screenshot showing some ideas for large characters using the SG6 64 by 48 graphics mode, which gives you the square pixels instead of elongated vertically. Um, but this is the one where it doesn't print the text characters. It prints all these weird vertical stripes of the dark green and the light green. As you can see up here on the top. And now he's just been fiddling with some stuff here. Uh, look, like I think last week we showed some very, very narrow characters he did with this, but you have, basically have to hold the screen at a 90 degree angle to, to be able to read type thing. But this way, he's expanding it to multiple pixels wide. You can get some effects um, that might be a bit more useful, I think, for reading on the screen. So he's just kind of like thinking out loud here and, and showing a screenshot of some things he's been playing with. And then on to the dragon, we've got um, Davies Retro Corner. He did another type in on the dragon called Snowflake, and it's just a little graphics demo. Um, this one was originally by Dr. Tim Langdell from his book, 35 Programs for the Dragon 32. Uh, he does note the original program will crash with an illegal function call error later on. Um, it's a bit of a bug in the program. It's a, it, it doesn't actually stop at the edges like it should. So he's got the uh, thing here, and it, uh, it obviously would speed it up around with double speed in a couple of three years or over crank it in an emulator. And then he's got, of course, the uh, place where you can download the source code here on his GitHub, as he does with all of his projects for the Dragon and the Coco and the MC10. So if you want to grab the uh, source code there without having to type it in, there you go. This, this here, next one is a cool one. So Tony Jewell and the Dragon group on Facebook stumbled across... Something that he found just searching in Google, and it's a uh, pictures from the initial inauguration of opening the factory for the Dragon in Spain after Eurohard took it over. Uh, I've never seen any of these pictures. They have some of the people, you know, on the semi-line you can see here. So he posted this on Facebook. And um, the initial inauguration of this was December 19th, 1984. So there's a bit of a gap between, I think, when Dragon shut down in, in Wales to when it got moved here. And became officially sanctioned by the government somewhat. So it actually stuck around for a while, too. And this is Dragon 64s. I don't think they made any Dragon 32s that I remember. But Karen, correct me if I'm wrong on that. 
But uh, he actually put the link to the site after the Facebook where he posted one of them here. So he's actually got multiple pictures you can zoom in here. So you can see here it's uh, 19th of December, 1984. And this is some of the principles um, actually getting the, you know, the assembly line going, basically. And, and there's some others you can go through here, too. So you can see some of the people going, you know, pretending to look like they're looking at circuit boards. Another angle for that. Here's the actual some of the people actually working on putting stuff in the cases. And same there, probably some of the testing equipment there as well. In fact, I think this tester they've shown at uh, some of the Dragon shows. Uh, I tried doing Google Translate on this as a web page, and it basically didn't translate a darn thing. But if you actually cut and paste this stuff, it actually does translate through perfectly fine. So I will read just a bit of it here um, that went along with this article. So it, um, let's see where that starts it here. Uh, at the beginning of the 80s, a large British toy company called Metoy sought to enter the new world of personal computing that was beginning to have great commercial projection worldwide. Metoy, based in Wales, created the Dragon Data Company, seeking to manufacture a home microcomputer, thus emerging the Dragon 32 computer, named for its 32K of RAM. There was initially some initial 16K ones, but I don't think any of those got sold or very few did. Uh, in 1984, a corporation called Eurohard was founded in Spain with the aim of entering the personal computing market themselves, taking advantage of the cancellation of the purchase of Dragon Data by Radio Shack. Uh, Eurohard, with the help of several of, of different Spanish entities, bought the company in August of 84, moving its headquarters from Wales to Spain, and establishing on one hand its commercial headquarters in Madrid, and on the other, its computer factory in, and I'm probably going to pronounce this totally wrong, Quesar de Caceres, Extra Madura. I'm not sure any, any of that is spelled or, or pronounced correctly by me. He said, with the Dragon 200 model, Eurohard won in February 6, 1985, a contest with the Ministry of Culture. Uh, for the supply of computer systems for educational centers. For this reason, the computer made by the new company, Dragon Data, was popular among school children. Uh, he then tried to achieve the same at the national level by submitting the team a bid for the Ministry of Culture's Project Athena contest, which I don't think they did get. So they just got it to a local one. Now, there's a bit more text I won't bother reading here, but you can use the translation for that too. But it's kind of cool seeing that history because uh, the, the, we know a fair bit about the history of Dragon now because we've had some of the people that worked there, you know, on, on the Dragon Special, et cetera. But we don't know much about the Spanish side of things when Eurohard took it over. So this is actually some pictures from when they initially opened the plant and then a bit of history that's described there, too, which I didn't know most of. So that's really, really cool. So big thanks to Tony for finding that. And speaking of finding stuff in the vaults, here's another one. Now, this one, there's a little bit of controversy going through the comments uh, from the link from Facebook on this one. Um, basically, it's a, this is from the IEEE Life Members Newsletter. That's Electrical Engineers, I believe, is what that uh, stands for. Institute for Electrical Engineers. Um, electrical Engineers and something. I should yeah. know. I should know. So this is part of the Life Members Committee. So I assume if you've been in long enough that you get to stay in this for life, even if you retire. And uh, I'll just kind of read my little notes here. So basically, this is a little article called Dealing with Dragons written by John Hain. John was a member of the PA Consulting Company back in 1982, and they designed the Dragon. Uh, the article covers a hardware fix that came up with the ghost vertical feature that showed up on the early Dragon 32 screens and how they figured it out. And he kind of explains, you know, why companies should probably make their designs a bit more robust and understand what they're really dealing with. 
Um, cause Dragon Daddy basically gave him some specs and, and basically this just, just didn't work. Uh, but I have a note here. Several current Dragon experts mentioned both missing and incorrect information in this article. And then another person kind of came and defended, well, this is written 20 years after the guy worked on it, you know, for PA consulting for a couple months back in 82. So he probably just isn't remembering the details correctly. Um, as we found it during PenFest, that's afflicted a lot of us since <laughs> it's about the same time difference too. Anyway, it's a pretty good, interesting read just to go through. Like you, you try to design something. This was part of the NTSC, the PAL conversion from the VDG that they thought would work just fine. And then it didn't. And then they had to figure out what the hell went wrong. And then how the hell do we fix it type thing? So it's a cautionary tale. And that's it for the news this week. Hey, Curtis. Yep. I didn't look it up, but I think it's Institute of Electro, Elect, Electronic and uh, Electrical and Electronics Engineers. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm glad you tried to say it, not me. Yes, me too. And that's what I've actually been working on becoming one. So I should know this, but you know. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Just, I just saw some comments. I just wanted to kind of cover that was covering some of the news stories here. Um, Wayland says, I have a 16K Dragon. Well, they fitted a little RAM board to make it 32K. So I guess some of them were sold the original. Um, yeah, they've made 15 million pies. Jeff Gerling visited and discovered that robots were driven by pies as well. Imagine if Radio Shack had bought Dragon Data, which they were playing, we could have had a real keyboard earlier. Um, and then Wayland's also saying here, they still make the 6502. I think he's talking about what if they still made the 6809. I don't, don't think they make the 6809 still, but Hitachi is still making the 6309 for military contracts. So that is, you can actually get new chips if that's what they were talking about. All right, that's all I had. Anybody have any project updates or acquisitions? Besides Nick, who snuck it in during the game on segment. <laughs> kind of disappointed. I bought some new uh, PLA and it doesn't come in a box anymore. It's just in a bag. So what do I huh? do if I want to store this? Reduce shipping costs. Um, because it also used to come with like a handful of desiccant, and now there's a little teeny tiny. I can't. There you go. There's like a thump, thimbleful. In so the little bag. Yep. There's no way to store this. I either have to burn it up or come up with my own dry box. That's disappointing. Other than that, oh yeah, and the show went long enough. I got a part off. So. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, that's else, or, or should we uh, put a fork in it here at the what are we at now? The four and a half hour mark or something? Yeah, coming up on it. <laughs> Press the button, Frank. It's time for some floppy talk. Mm. All right. Well, well here's big thank you to Jason and Nick and, and our guest Ron too for uh, helping with the interview stuff. Indeed. Well, here's how we handle floppy talk. Here's your intro. This concludes another episode of The Coco Nation, the world's leading live interactive talk show featuring the Tandy Color Computer. For all things The Coco Nation, visit us on the web at thecoconation.com. We'd love to hear from you. Send feedback, suggestions, even segments via email to show at thecoconation.com. The Coco Nation Show would not exist without the community and its cast and crew. The Coco Nation theme song copyright.
Spring 2022, D. Bruce Moore. Mixed, mastered, and produced by D. Bruce Moore. The Coco Nation is over. Join us on the Coco Discord server. Coco forever. Okay. Okay, well, thanks, everybody, for the show. And uh, be here next week for our guest. Coco Town. Coco Town, yay! All right. Is that anything like Rivet Town? Not at all. Take me down to Coco Town. It sounds like a song. Yeah. Actually, he's got a song. If you listen to the theme, it's basically... Funky Town with, with Coco right, instead of the lyrics. Ah, there we go. Okay. Bye, everybody. See you all next everyone. Bye.